There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection. Welcome to the Extraordinary Culture Podcast, podcast for the culture that is music, movies, sports, food, and beer. The Extraordinary Culture. Hey everybody, quick note before we get started, just wanted to let you know that today's music is brought to you by the Antivirals, which is a new band featuring Brian Coakley of the Cadillac Tramps, who we are longtime fans of. The information can be found in the notes for the podcast, and next month we will feature a review of the album and talk a little bit more about the band, which is actually a very good band. The album is actually very good. So check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Here's the show. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. So I, um, I actually, I got the COVID vaccine the other day. And um, other than the third ball, um, I've been pretty good. Um, The injection hurt uh, like the next day. I felt it kind of stiff, kind of sore. But my allergies kicked in that next day, like bad. So I spent the next day complaining about my allergies, like the headache I had from allergies, which if if you've had allergies, you know what an allergy headache feels like. Yeah. And that's, that's completely, that's completely, completely what it was. So I didn't have any reaction at all to the actual um, vaccine, nothing. Um, but my allergies kicked in, and they kicked my ass the next day. It wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the shot. And again, like I said, if you if you have allergies, you know what they feel like. Uh, you know that you want to get moving, that you want to like get a little bit of a sweat going, so that it kind of starts to drain everything. Mm-hmm. Eat some spicy stuff to kind of clear your that kind of stuff. So I spent the day doing that, and a little bit later in the day, um, yeah, I felt it kick in where it was like, okay, dang. But yeah, I was on like Flonase and like I said, the sinus severe Tylenol stuff for like a week straight. And it was like, the, the thing on the box says like, don't take more than uh, like 10 days or something. And I got really close to that where I was like, I'm going to hit this like 10 days, dude. And just, I don't know. It was crazy, but they're, they're a little bit better now, but not, none of that, none of that it, by any means is vaccine related. It's been all this dang wind we have with the Santa Ana's kicking in and um, I'm so sick to, of the damn wind. Yeah. Oh God. I know. I finally washed my car on uh, last Saturday, and somebody, oh, you know, we're gonna have wind and uh, rain again. I go, yeah, but like it was so filthy that I just needed to get it cleaned. I was gonna wash mine tomorrow, but it's supposed nope. to rain. It's it's yeah. drizzling outside right now, man. I went to go get something to eat a little while ago. Yeah, and uh, oh, it was drizzling, and it's supposed to rain tonight and the next like two days or something. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm in Ontario right now, so I'm further west than you guys, and it just started like the heavy rain just started coming in. Oh, did it? Yeah. When I was coming home, I saw the the clouds coming over from the the Cleveland. I was like, "Oh man, that's a lot of it's a lot of clouds. Looks like a lot of moisture in there." Here it goes, man. Here so, it goes. So Rick, right here. you guys recognize this? So you get you find a paycheck stub? Yeah, look where <laughs> it's from. Yeah, I know. I see it. Well, of course, stuff. yeah. What year is that from? Uh, I think it's like Troy, Michigan. Home of us downtown. No, no. Well, rancid. Uh, it's right before I got fired. It's a eight twelve ninety eight. 
<laughs> we've told that story. We've told that story on the podcast before. You need to go listen to some yes. of the old ones, which are all on YouTube. They're not all on Apple Podcasts anymore, uh, but they're all on YouTube. What, are we get taken off Apple Podcasts now? Nah, the storage spot in our host. You only have so much storage, so I have to remove some of the um, um, some of the uh, the files for storage space. Yeah, I'm not gonna keep. Um, no one's gonna go and listen to episode one. I, you know what? It kind of sucks. Like the, you hear the <laughs> quality. Good. You hear the quality of what we were doing versus now, and it's like that quality's not good. Yeah, and you know, and it's just and for it's even through Skype. <laughs> right. Archive, yeah. Because it's cool to have it on YouTube, but like, yeah, and like as long as we have a copy somewhere, that's cool. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand. We'd have to have it on Podomatic still. No, it does. It doesn't need to uh, to be there. YouTube is a nice archive, and then honestly, I have all the MP3s. Uh, if you don't know how podcasts work, this gets mixed to an MP3, and then we upload the MP3 to our host. I have all of those, and then I have all the YouTubes too. All the um, ones that get turned into video. Um, you know, just another place to listen. So that that's what it that's what it is. So and Rick, if you really want. You sent 19.99, and we will send you a DVD with all our podcasts on there. Well, you're gonna do that because I don't got a DVD burner. Um, yeah. <laughs> who's got that these days? Um, <laughs> hey, Rick, are you gonna try to get a new appointment or what? Yeah, I'm gonna try tomorrow. I got I got denied my my appointment because I ended up with a uh, a scab on my leg that wasn't healing, and I went and saw a dermatologist. And uh, while I'm there, they're like, hey, you're due for a, uh, a Tdap booster. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. So they gave me the Tdap booster, and that was the day before I made the appointment for the COVID vaccine. And I thought about it. They asked about it, and I, I said yes. I had had a vaccine, but they let me make the appointment. And then oh, when, I got that. To the, when I got to the, uh, to the appointment, they're about to stick a needle in my arm. They asked me the question again, like, well, we can't give you a vaccine yet. <laughs> So you were right there. You were just about to get it. I saw yes. him there. My wife and I yeah. were at the spot. We got there before him, and we, we got ours, and then they, they make you uh, – you want to go through the whole thing, or you just want the story? It's up to you guys. Just get the quick one. Okay. So they make you sit down for like 15, 20 minutes after you get it to make sure you don't have any kind of adverse reaction. So my wife and I are just chilling in the chairs there, and we're like, you know, Rick I, – I knew he had an appointment – Sometime around the same one as mine, but we I had gotten there early and <clears throat> just they took us because it wasn't busy. So yeah, that um, was me too. Yeah, so I see him and I kind of yelled at him and he kind of gave me the hey what's up kind of thing because he was headed over to the nurse and then I I turned around and I see him walking out another door and I was like, but the door he okay I didn't tell you this Rick the door you went out of had that sign that said post vaccine area so I was like well I'm sitting in one too is that a different one or it is a different one or did he get sick. Or like, you know, all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't feel good. Like right away. Like, I don't know. So I texted him. Hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, they wouldn't let me get it because I just got a vaccine the other day. So he's got to go through this whole thing, man. And it's it's yeah, a chore man. to get an appointment. You got to refresh the page and refresh the page and get in. Then you'll get in and it'll be like, okay, what appointment do you want? This one? Nope. That, those are full. Try something else. And it's, it's something I, else. I got on yesterday and I could have made an appointment for like Elsinore or whatever. And I was getting ready to do it. And, uh, again, all the appointments were for Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, I can't do it till Monday. <laughs> I can't do it till Monday. Monday is two weeks. Well, all the uh, so you should know this tomorrow. If you actually go on the site, you can actually see They're that mo Monday is already filled for Corona High, and it was uh, 65 and older only. It was 65 and older. So, so yeah. I, I, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. and Thursday. Yeah, is what you should try to That's do that. That's my plan. 
but our, our tier came up by what we do, so we were able to to get one. It's it's been a little bit of a chore um, to try to get one. Did you have you heard? You know anybody else that got it? I know a lot of people that got it. Um, I know yeah. a lot of teachers that did. Yeah. Yeah. My wife got one, so my wife was able to get hers. Um, she got it on Tuesday when you guys got it. She was complaining that she was a little bit sick. Um, I had a friend of mine actually get his in early December because he works for um, a, hos- a local hospital. Mm-hmm. He's an x-ray tech, and he was able to get his earlier. And our pr- sponsor, Alex, was able to get his uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I talked well to him, his actually. Wife. Yeah, I talked to him, and I was like, hey, man, I got my thing coming up tomorrow. I think I should know. And he said uh, – well, he actually told me. He's like, the one I went to, he's off. Uh, Make sure your phone is charged because I guess this took a long time. I wasn't even there 30 minutes. Like having gone through it and sat in there for the 15, 20 minutes, I wasn't even there half an hour. Um, yeah, the, the Riverside Corona High School one was pretty damn well organized. I've heard LA, I've heard Dodger Stadium's a mess. I've heard it's really five long. hour waste, they say. I heard the Disneyland and they add, one. They're adding a fourth a fourth station over there or something like that. I heard. Wouldn't doubt it. That I am. But I heard the Disneyland was kind of busy too there too so we'll see uh i do know the lake paris which is the one of the ones that was this is this weekend actually i think it's sunday that's a drive through one so um that's going to be interesting like i had to get out and, and do that so what was outside rick because i saw some people who posted pictures today that got it and they were their waiting area, waiting area they were outside like along a fence by the track it looked like yeah it was just another waiting area i walked up to the guy and he was like have you have you done your 15 minutes i go i can't even do my 15 minutes brother And he's like oh i'm sorry let me through yeah oh okay i didn't i didn't know that because i I saw pictures of at least two people today who were outside the fence along the Mm -hmm. thing i don't know if it's when they fill up or what like i had a chair i was sitting in a chair were you on that left side of the gym or the right side of the gym when you got your ejection uh the right side maybe that's it i think they sent them to two different areas Oh, maybe, but then my wife had got it on the other side, and she came and sat with me, but because I was already there, I'm the husband. So. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was even like, oh, I guess she could sit by me if she wanted to, you know, pull up the chair next to me. But I was like, nah, I can stay over there. <laughs> Been married <laughs> no, long they enough. Had told me, they had told me no matter what to go out that door. Oh, okay. Just wondering. So, yeah. But the process was, was fine. I know most people, like, yeah, um, if your wife, ex, had uh, – a little bit of a more severe reaction. It wasn't that bad. That's what I hear from most people that had anything. And it seems to be most people that have reactions to shots anyway. Like I talked to somebody else who had one, and they're like, I always have reactions to shots. And she had told me like, oh, yeah, I feel like I got beat up by Hulk Hogan. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I got a little achy and tired. I went to bed early. And the next day, um, I was fine, except for it felt like somebody punched me hard in the arm. But other than that, the next day, it was she was totally fine. Uh, X, is your wife still feeling uh, effects? Uh, she told me she felt it today, but she said it's probably because of the shot, but I feel – I mean it's not bad. She just doesn't feel – like she feels off. You, you know you, you know when you don't feel 100%. And it could be that she's sick from something else to just blame it on my vaccine. Could be. Yeah, um, some what, people have been a couple I've days. Heard too, and what I've heard too, sometimes that second vaccine is worse. I have heard that. I've heard the second vaccine hits you a little harder, so I'm I'm prepared yeah. for that. When I schedule that one, I'll just make sure I got nothing to do the next day or two. Got to see if I can get it on a Friday or something, so I don't have to do right. anything the next couple of days. But um, Tylenol, I just tell you to just treat with Tylenol. So we get um, did you well? I don't. You guys don't know this. I don't know. I don't know if your wife did it X or not. The CDC, you can sign up for a CDC 
website that tracks how you're feeling because they are tracking reactions and stuff. So every day uh -huh. I get a, for the first week, every day I get a text that asks me, Hey, how you doing today? Did you have a fever today? Are you feeling any of these things? Like, do you feel anything else? Which might have all been no, but it does check it every day. So they are logging this stuff. They're logging what kind of reactions they see um, and stuff like that. And I was told it's going to eventually every day for a week. And then it would start to taper off until it tells me because it has in there, it's logged what vaccine I had because I had the Moderna vaccine. <clears throat> and so it'll tell me like, okay, hey, it's time to start thinking about making another appointment um, because it, it's 28 days for the Moderna one that I got yeah. so in 28 days. I can on that day or after can get the second dose anytime after. Just like any immunization, they give you they give you that point like any time after that. Yeah, so that's uh, what I'm going to go by and just pay attention to that. Should start to get a little bit easier. It seems like it. Well, a lot I know a lot of people that have gotten it now, so it's just a matter of like it's like buying concert tickets, dude. You just got to reload and <laughs> it's like going to Comic Con. Like, yeah, yeah. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, my bot, my uh, my employer is supposed to give them out. Um, they haven't had a tiny table for that. But with being one of the large tray, I knew that was bound to happen. I mean, we're able to get tested every week if we want to. So. Without saying too much, that's supposed to happen with a lot of big organizations, including school districts. <clears throat> but the problem has been um, distribution and availability of it. That's been the problem. So definitely in, in hospitals, if you work for, like you told me, your buddy worked in the hospital. Well, yeah, that's completely frontline. They're going to have it there. They're going to yeah. vaccinate the people that work there. Going outside of that, they have to have the vaccine available in order to do that. Because right. mine, mine had said that too. And again, not trash talking um, where I work, but they had said that too. But the availability is just that the availability doesn't allow it to happen right now. But they still want to try to do it to make sure yeah. everybody that wants it gets it. <clears throat> so it's been kind of weird. Anything exciting happening? On TV, yes. Wednesdays have been uh, lived up to the term wacky Wednesday. <laughs> That is true. So if you guys don't know, I have oh come on, nobody doesn't know that. So no one, off. no one doesn't know. What's anyway, going anyway, so if you don't know, uh, the first Wednesday of the month, which was January sixth, we had a insurgence at the Capitol building, which may or may not have been led on by our. Now, this wasn't just protesters at the Capitol. These were people breaking into the Capitol building and uh, also walking, we'll call it, actually entering. Yeah, walking in and uh, walking into, like, the um, Senate chambers and looking for uh, different people. Yeah. Just kind of wondering. I hate to see any statues get toppled. I didn't see anything really destroyed other than a couple of windows. They broke in. They stole the dace. They they ripped signs off of doors. Yeah. Stuff couple like of things. that. Paintings tried to get taken. The rumor is a guy tased himself in the balls. No, man, it's yeah, not true. Guy, it's not it true. true. No. no not. That, that disappoints oh, no, me that it's not true. <laughs> but all the signs were there, no. dude. All the signs I, were there I that it, it wasn't from... true. There was a lot of people talking about this. I know, but all the signs were there that that it wasn't true. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe maybe he had a taser. He did die of a heart attack. Maybe yeah. he had a taser, but the the story, if you know, if you don't know the story, 
guy supposedly had a taser in his pocket and when he reached up to take a picture down to steal a picture it it triggered the the taser which was between his legs which kept shocking him because then the tension the tension of you you know getting shocked kept his legs closed which kept shocking him which gave him the heart attack to do that but so i thought it was like man it was a grand story that came out of this but then i read that the picture was um I read that the picture was a picture of Tip O'Neill. <laughs> Tip. <laughs> the guy shocked in the balls gets a picture of Tip. <laughs> and then that, and then I thought, oh, okay, that's that was in my face. And then to know Tip O'Neill wasn't anybody that would be on their side. Mm-hmm. So that's wrong too. So I was like, oh man, we yeah. got we got had, dude. we got we got, got hosed, we got hoodwinked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Tip O'Neill was a Democratic whip for a long time, correct? Yeah, he's a very yeah, he was. So I was like, dang, that story's not true. Oh well. Neither was the granny who was there. Did you use the granny who's just Yeah, I saw that one. She was in Kentucky or Kansas or something like that? Yeah, she was in yeah, something like that. She wasn't even in Washington. I was like, Man (laughs) Damn media lying to me. For real, there's a whole website. There's a whole website that has every video that was posted to Parlor that day, in order of like by timestamp. Mm-hmm. It dude, there's so much evidence against these guys. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's so much evidence against these guys. That's all out there in the public. There's no way. You know, these another guys one of those. Time. Another one of those rumors that I don't know how true it is is I, I read somewhere that right before Parlor shut down, um, somebody had posted something like, hey, if you were in Washington on the 6th, tell us, um, tell us your name, where you're from, and what you did, because Trump's going to pardon you. Oh, my God, and there really? Was, there, and there were... Yeah, and supposedly there were comments. Again, I don't know how true it is, of course. I'm not someone who's on Parlor, but well, nobody is if, now. If if anybody yeah. had bit to that, they no. just deserved whatever they got. No, so here's what ha- interesting that what happened. You said no nobody's on Parlor now. I heard a Russian company has um has taken up the web hosting for it. So but also yeah. like, I thought Rick was yeah, gonna I'll back that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, but I was gonna thought Rick was gonna talk about some hacker came, and they just they called out through the hacker community. He goes, "Hey, Parler's gonna shut down like in twelve hours. Let's like um make a copy of everything they have on there, so it's we have it forever." You know what? To add to that, it was something that they said that let the hackers know we can go in and we can get everything even if it's been deleted, because of the way that the head guy worded something. They're like, mm-hmm. we can get everything if we do this based on what he what he said, because even stuff that's deleted has been pulled up. Mm-hmm. Which is that's not the normally you know that's not normally how things work, but whatever he right. said, and I did whatever he said that the way they had handled stuff, they're like we can get everything, so they have and they turned it all over to the FBI. But the Russian now, thing is true too, as long watching, as it's not communist China. Yeah. Now I was watching a um, video on YouTube about this legal guy, and he said like ex- he read like exactly what the charges are that could be filed against these people. Like, yeah. They have a very good case for treason and um, insedition and inciting a riot, because you're a, you're um, 
stopping a lawful process from happening. So they were like, like you know, con, you know, con, uh, certifying the election, which was a lawful process. Now, whether you agree if it's 100% legal or not, we're not going to get into that. I mean, I personally think it's legal, but um, they, they stopped a lawful process from happening, so they are inciting a riot, and it, it could be seen as treason. Conspiracy is the other thing that's thrown around, and actually, people have been yeah. charged with conspiracy. So um, it's not it's not a joke. Um, no matter how much we make fun of some of the cast of characters that were involved, <laughs> they're facing some real time. Yeah, you know, oh, it's yeah. not. It's not a, it, at first the people were getting charged with stuff, and we're like, "That's misdemeanor, like that's misdemeanor." If you got caught here in town doing that, you get a slap on the wrist and sent on your way. <laughs> that's not going to be the case with this. And they just keep hearing more and more of people that are getting arrested. It's crazy, like all this video is there. Yeah. So, and go ahead. Ed. That lawyers also said with. The lawyer also said with the filing of the misdemeanor charges, it's just to get them on something on paper. Yeah. And then as more evidence comes up, they're going to pull up that evidence and charge them with those also. So there, there's a good possibility they're going to be facing some felony charges. Oh, for sure. You, you oh, yeah. A, a government building like that, you're you're going to get federal charges for sure. Well, yeah, all of it's federal. Well, fe- federal, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, federal felony charges. Oh, well, they'll go as hard as they can with what they can. Because that's going to cost quite a few people their guns. Yeah, it is. It's going to cost a lot of those fools who showed up with guns their guns. Uh, that's 100% going to if, if they get those felony charges, yeah, they're not going to be able to, to uh, possess weapons. Legally. We all know this, Dan. <laughs> of course. Of course. We all know this, but it's it's going to make you know anything that they're done with again – any trouble with the law again is going to be like, well, you're possessing that too, so you, you're not supposed to have that. It just yeah. adds to it. You're just, they're just, you're just causing more trouble for yourself. Is what you're doing. Which and, huh? and if they want. go to jail, they can't go to get organic food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they they gave them they gave them an organic diet. They yep, ended they... up giving it to them. And and how many Muslims have to choose between pork and expired meat? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That guy's something else. He he thought he was gonna get away. I walked through an open door, dude. <laughs> you got caught, dude. You're gonna do some time. And Molly I see, I see these people standing in the chamber. And I'm just like, you guys do realize you're on national television. You guys really think you're gonna you're gonna walk out of this all right? Even like these guys that got banned at the airports. It's like, <laughs> dude, you guys really thought that going in there? Okay, yeah, you got out. You got away from the cops. You really thought you were gonna be able to? To just walk away from all of this? And live your life. Yeah, no way. There's no way that's going to happen. Especially a guy like the shaman. Come on, everybody knows who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's taking heat because people think he's a plant. That dude's sunk. Even if he doesn't get any time or he gets out and tries to go back to his old ways, no one's going to believe him. They turned against him quicker than freaking milk left on the counter, dude. They turned on him quick. No, that guy's. I, I saw a picture of all those fools that got caught on a green screen, and they were like, "Look, here's proof they're on a green screen." Never mind that if you Google green screen and go down a few pictures, it's right there. That that actual green screen and that setup. But whatever, <laughs> you know, when stuff obviously looks photoshopped, like you're like, okay. So yeah, but they turned against him, man. That dude, he's done. He's never gonna work again. Somebody had said something like, "Oh, he's a failed voice actor." I'm like, "Hey, has he done anything I might not have watched?" <laughs> <laughs> 
(laughs) 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 Probably plenty. Probably plenty. Jeez, man. Then the following Wednesday was an impeachment, followed by an inauguration the Wednesday after that. So it's been a... Wow. It's only January. Did you guys hear about what they did in Portland? No, okay, what happened in Portland? I didn't hear about no, this. They, they destroyed the D.C., uh, like, the, their headquarters, their offices down there. Uh-huh. And a bunch of Antifa people, all those kids, crazy kids out there in the Northwest, went down there, smashed up the windows, started throwing shit inside there. Um, that was that was Wednesday. Uh, what, yesterday, uh, they were in Seattle, went through Pike's Place, smashed up the original Starbucks. Now this isn't MAGA. This is this is actual. No, this is Antifa. Okay, so and so. <laughs> let's get things straight. A- Antifa is not an actual organization. It's just a bunch of like anarchists and stuff, right? So, it, but it's that side. It, it's who? Okay, like anarchists and the ins- not. I don't want to say insurrectionists. Um, I can't think of the right word. You might as well it's, call them that too, because um, they do the exact same thing that but it, that the right was doing. It's the same people who were dealing with stuff in the in the summertime, right? Because Portland's been a hotspot for months. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Been like okay. that since okay. the start. It's like never Mad stopped. Max times in certain areas. Day, with the exception of like what Christmas, uh, they did on New Year's. Uh, let's see, Thanksgiving. They may not have done anything on Thanksgiving, but pretty much every day except a major holiday, they've gone around smashing something. Uh, federal a, buildings trying to get point. into trying to get into the ice facility um, for what to break people out. Yeah, I guess so. You know. Uh yeah, no, dude. But there's areas of of Portland that are like no man's land. There's no government jurisdiction. Like, yeah, they so like police don't police don't do much. The mayor's a pain in the ass, but you know, whatever. <laughs> is this is this one of those areas or what? Just the entire that's that's Portland. The mayor of Portland is like completely okay with this. They don't really do anything to try to stop these guys, which is. That's what the crazy thing about all of this was. At least to me it was. Uh, but then they turn on him too. Well, they, there's a video going around uh, what uh, election night uh, or no. And uh, yeah, election night or something like that. He was at, having drinks with somebody. A bunch of kids uh, walked up to him, at least three of them, who were arrested during all the, the riots out there. They get in his face for about three minutes. And at the end of the video, the last caption uh, after in the, like in the comments said that he got punched immediately right after. So it's just wild out there. And it's same is worse, worse than what was going on in D.C. Huh. I mean, I, I know it wasn't the, the Capitol building, but I mean, well, they try to destroy the, the their superior courthouse out there. It's wild. Sounds like anarchists, like actual anarchists. The people that yeah want to just destroy everything. Well, yeah, no, it's crazy. That's it's real. And they're, like, and they're anarchism and well, the is they're real. letting them. The wild thing is that they're they're letting them. Huh, that's the, that's that. the crazy part. So yeah. Anyway. Well, nothing happens in my boring town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? The, my my guys that I know from Corona PD. Yeah, they're they're even shocked. They're like, well, it's it's really not that that crazy. I and mean, they kind of knew that it was going to be like that, but they've been put on tactical alert a few times. No, I'm sure. Uh, Shit pops off in Norco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can stay in Norco. Yeah, it can. It can. It's a different breed. Knock even yourself the, out. Even at the target, man. Even at the target. Yeah. And that Stater Brothers. Ooh. 
Oh, no, part of that one. The one on Hamner? Yeah. So everything has been about Bernie Sanders memes, right? Yeah. 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 So did you see – I'm sure we've seen a lot of them. Um, did you see what he did today? What Bernie Sanders actually did today? Yes. No, what did he do? No, what did he do today? He thinks it's funny. So he capitalized on it. Uh-huh. He put his picture like that. He put it on a hoodie, and he's selling those hoodies, and all the proceeds go to Meals on Wheels in Vermont. He's totally capitalizing oh, on awesome. the idea. Well, yeah. good for him. Might as well. Shit. <laughs> Forty forty-five dollars a pop. Those 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 hoodies are going for forty-five bucks a pop. Man, that's yeah. dude. That's a fair price for a hoodie. And they're sold out. <laughs> and they're sold out. Yeah. Oh. Is there a, is there a what what is like a waiting list? Wish waiting list it's, or something for it? Uh, right now it's just saying sold out. They're supposed to reactivate it, but they're not sure when. And they're saying four to to eight weeks delivery time right now. Yeah. Wow. That's fair. (laughs) Someone someone will bootleg it. Yeah. Yeah, but if if you can if it's gonna go to charity, that's that's pretty cool. No, you don't want to do that, of course. Yeah, that he would even say, you know what, let's 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 do this because it's it's funny. He's because he said I was just trying to stay warm. It was cold. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's an old man. He wants to stay warm. I hope he drives well. I probably would have an overcoat, but not like a – it wasn't even a North Face. It was just like some generic old jacket you see from the 70s. I don't remember if the jacket had a had a story, but the mittens do. It's the same jacket he wore in the other meme he was. I didn't know he the was one, The one where he's – I'm asking for your support I, today. I'm asking for your – yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in that one. And then the, the mittens were, uh, were a gift from a second-grade teacher who knitted them out of uh, – Recycled sweaters. Yeah, it, so it was. She, a re- so she repurposed the sweaters to make the to make them for him. Yeah, so it actually had a, a cool little story behind it, uh, which is cool. But you know, it just became a meme, and they're, and they're gold, dude. They're fire. Those memes are great. Um, one of the favorite ones that I saw was that actually Lars Fredrickson from Rancid posted. Was it? Um, and now comes the Woods cover with Bernie Sanders on there. He's all, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and. If you know Lars and those guys, they're pretty far. So I'm, I know they're supporters of Bernie Sanders, or like at least will take credence to what he says. Um, another good one I saw was um, Bernie Sanders out with the guys from Blood In, Blood Out, sitting down with them, Popeye and Magic and uh, Miklo. Yeah, uh, there was one. He's a Big Bang Theory, um, and <laughs> he's sitting in um, in Sheldon's seat, and Sheldon's standing there and saying, "Leonard, he's sitting in my seat." <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I saw one with the Spice Girls, and it was uh, uh, Baby Spice and Posh Spice, Scary Spice and Old Spice. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, do you know Chair Guy? It's a GIF, but do you know Chair Guy? I've seen that one, but yeah. Oh, Chair Guy is that one. He has one of those chairs in a bag, and he's walking up, and he takes it, and he pops it open like that with one hand, mm-hmm. then sets it down and sits in it. Well, as soon as yeah, he pops yeah, it yeah, open, okay. it's, it's, it's Bernie in the seat. Like as soon as he pops it up, it's burning. And he, th- he tosses it down, and it's burning in the seat. Dude, it's freaking, it's fire. I'll, I'll send it to you right now. I got. That was I actually, a good one. I've seen that one. That was good. I'll, I'll send it to the chat for the other two guys because I have it. I saved it as a screen. Uh, I screen recorded it because I thought it was hilarious. Nice. Yeah, there's been some gold. One of the um, first ones I saw. Go ahead, Rick. Um, I enjoyed the. Uh, there's one where he's the logo for Death Row Records. 
Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen and that. that. That's good. And that was pretty. That was pretty golden. There's one where he's uh, sitting on Macho Man's shoulders. Yeah, I saw that one. That's Miss Elizabeth. Um, and then I think one of my other favorite one. ones is uh, he's sitting next to Huey Lewis in the auditorium when Marty's performing. He's rehears- uh, auditioning for the dance. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. So it's got it's got uh it's a dual screen one where it's got the pinheads up top and then it's got just the the five people that are the the hosting the audition right there. The MMA ones. So that was funny one too. I was expected. And actually there was a pretty cool one, um, more local, is uh they, they had a couple of him outside like Riverside Library and uh, Mariposa Alley. Dude, UCR. Did you see the UCR one? I haven't seen the UCR one. Oh, yeah, next to the Scotty. Next to Scotty, yeah. Nice. The MMA ones are good too. Oh yeah, those are good. Then there was the one with Friday. Damn. Uh, the one, the first Actually, one I, I saw was um, Suffer too. The first one I saw was him on the subway listening to Public Enemy with headphones on. Uh, break time. Yeah, I think it's time for a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Don't know anyone, but you'll see the light. You'll see proof that Diva was right.
The sun will come up tomorrow. Bet you... No, it won't. Because my annual Dark pass days. has been sunsetted. Sunset. That's a tremendous idea. That one. Yeah. That's an, that's just a nice way to say they canceled. That's a nice way to say they canceled. Yeah. yeah did. <laughs> did you did you think it was inevitable? I didn't see it out of the realm of possibility. Um, I, and I'll tell you why. I because they can't meet my contract. No way can meet my contract. So it's been the original deal was that I would get however much time they were closed from the 13th of March till they open on my thing. At this point, you're already bleeding until you owe me another year. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it yeah. is. That's that's not a money maker for them no. at all. And anything that's been presented to our governor here. Now, I don't hate the governor, but I don't really love the governor. I find is you know some things he does just fine. Some things I think, what the hell are you doing? But anyway, when they do reopen, it's going to be a, a, some kind of a limited capacity. It's not going to be full on whatever. And you can't meet my contract. My contract says what the pass that I had. I can go pretty much any day. Pretty much any day. Florida's a little different. You got four theme parks to choose from. So I can get one at a, at a theme park. They didn't allow hopping for a while. That's kind of back now, but you can't meet my contract, and that's the big thing. Could you imagine if somebody pulled a class action and got so many pass holders to like sue Disney for breach of contract? What it would cost Disney? It would cost some ridiculous amount of money. So mm-hmm. I think by, by doing this, because you know it won't be back to normal for at least a year when they reopen. At least a year when they reopen, it's not going to be back to, to yeah, normal in any form or fashion. Right. <laughs> so my thought is, and some of my, my friends who I've talked to about this have been like, kind of makes sense because they can't meet your contract. You cancel it now. You don't owe anybody anything. Nothing. You don't know. You don't know. You're, yeah. not, you're not beholden to anybody. You don't know anybody anything. So you can start from scratch. We kind of think for the longest time, they've wanted to redo the way passes work anyway. We've seen it in the last few years. The last couple of years, we've seen them try to do a, a DCA only pass. We've seen them exclude DCA in the summertime for. Um, hold on a second. We've seen them exclude DCA in the summertime for certain pass levels, with the opening of Galaxy's Edge because they thought it was just too busy. It didn't materialize. There's really no off season at the park. Try different things. You just kept getting people to to buy passes. The flex pass, you've got that now. Oh, we think that'll limit it because you can only get certain days. Didn't work out that way because it just wasn't busy yeah. on those days as people wanted. So people were able to continue to get those days. They eliminated some of the lower passes. Still didn't work. Didn't want to get rid of the payment plan, which would have tossed more people out because you still want to look like you care and a good guy. Here's a way to do that. I 100% think this is the way to do that. I think when they – because they said – it says well, in the email – Okay, we're going to introduce something new when the time is right and you know we're able to be operate things in a more normal level. I think that means all the lower level stuff gone. It's gone. You don't need to do that. You don't need to worry about payment plans. It's here it is. I put it on a credit card, I pay cash, everything else yeah. up front. I mm. think it's going to really be I've used this term but um in other stuff and I'm going to say it again. I really think it's going to be play big or stay home. That's what I really think it's going to be. You got the money, you can play. You don't? Okay. Sorry. And you you know where all this this trouble with the passes started, though, too? Is their first 24-hour event. 
when they did the the 24-hour event on Leap Day in 2012, the only way you could get in at a certain point in time was they said we're only letting annual pass holders in. So everybody in that line outside the gate was buying annual passes. And they were buying whatever they could afford, whatever, but they were in there. And then it's like, hey, this is kind of nice. And people kept renewing and they kept giving perks. And they, like you said, there was the payment plans and I've needed the payment plan. I mean, it's been helpful to me, but um, they, they weren't getting rid of it at that point. You, When you told people get a pass or stay home, don't be here for 24 hours, people bought a pass. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they never got rid of the payment plan, but I don't think at the same time they wanted to act like the complete bad guy. They didn't want to look like they're the complete bad guy because it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. But now you, you, yeah, you no. got that. This turned into luck for them. Yeah, it's not ideal. Well, they, they get a couple things out of it. One, you're not beholden to anybody at all. You can restructure how you want because California is more of a pass holder problem than Florida is. It's not the same thing. It's worse here. And then, um, yeah, I forgot my other point. <laughs> you, you can do that. You, you introduce something uh, – different you can get rid of the payment plans and you can basically you can basically do what, what you want so i think at least a, i think at least a couple of years but i think with with whatever's left be at the top two that they had kind of something similar to that i think you're going to get a lot of perks out of those top two but because you paid for it mm-hmm. it's going to cost money it would not surprise me to say in that time you're looking at 1300 1400 a piece wouldn't surprise me at all because it was already eleven hundred. Yeah. So to be the time thirteen fourteen hundred dollars would not surprise me, and you get all kinds of perks with it because you paid for it, right? You want to go to a concert, big name concert. You want to be in the front row center. You're gonna pay for it. You want a good seat at a play. You're gonna pay for it. That's the way that it is. So I mean, it make it makes sense to me. Is it still worth the value? Uh, yeah, it might be, depending on how it works out, and if you go. Whenever, like we were going, you know how you use it, just yeah. Anything else, it would totally be worth it. But I know they're going to price a lot of people out, and I think that's the point. You can finally do it now without looking like the bad guy because you can say, "Well, we had to get rid of it because we can't honor what we gave you." Okay, not mad about it at all. I'm just like, all right, I see it. Will I do it again? Probably, honestly. Yeah, I don't really think they're going to have a problem, even if they limit the number that they put out. I don't really; it's not going to be a problem. They're going to always have those people who want to go and will, are willing to pay for it. Yeah, like me, I I canceled mine. I stopped having a pass ten years ago, just because I couldn't afford it. And it, well, I started seeing a problem, like because I used to go on Sunday afternoons with my ex girlfriend, and we used to go and just walk around. Then when they started doing the payment plans where you could pay a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. I started noticing that it was a lot more crowded, like on a Sunday afternoon. Before, like the park was like like on the off season, which would be like uh, January through March, it would be dead, like on a Sunday afternoon. I started seeing more and more, more people heading to the park on those times. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. Why am I gonna pay for like to stand around just to get a hot dog and leave? You know, yeah, well, not... that was that was around the same time. All of us, we all started to notice that because we all had passes at the time. We would try to go on the slower days, and the slower days were starting to get busy. And we're like, what the heck? And then it just that, became normal. That was the rise of the social clubs. Yeah. Shoot, it was probably even before that. 
No, it was about that time because that's when a lot of the social clubs would meet is on Sunday afternoons. Mm -hmm. Because they all had that pass, that's when they could get in. And which passes are those? Those are the lower level passes. Mm -hmm. Those were Mm -hmm. the lower level passes that were doing that. During the week and on like Sunday, you you couldn't go. It's it's a luxury to go on a Friday or Saturday night because not everybody had that pass. That's why Sundays got busy because that was included in those lower level passes. That's that's why I think that's gone because you you eliminate that problem. Oh, I know what the other thing I was going to bring. I was going to talk about the money. If you don't do this, we already know Disney's hurting for money. The theme park division, right? Mm -hmm. We all know the theme park division is hurting for money. The company as a whole, no, they're not. The theme park division, well, yeah, okay. So what do you do? You have all those pass holders who are going to be dying to get back, itching to get those reservations as soon as they open, you know, to do it. Are they going to spend money? Ah, uh, let's be honest. Do I spend money when I go? Yeah. Do I spend the kind of money they want me to spend? No, I don't. I go and I eat dinner and I buy churros. I'm not going paying for tickets. I'm not buying a crap ton of souvenirs. Because think about it. I'd go, if I go, and I, and I might, I might, who knows? If Christmas comes around and it's open and it's like, okay, we deem it as safe, I'm going to want to go at Christmas time. It means I'm going to have to buy three or four day tickets, right? I'm already in $600 just for that, for day tickets, one day tickets. I'm going to go and I'm going to see some cute Christmas merchandise. What am I going to drop? Another $200 on merchandise? I just dropped over $800 in one day. That's not that's, that's who they want. They want that those people that are going to be touring again or uh, uh, vacationing again, tourists, and are dropping that big money. Why? Because that's the quickest way to make up re- lost revenue for all this time. Makes sense to me. I'm not. I'm going to go spend $30, $40 on dinner for myself and my kids, and we each bought a cookie. I spent 50 bucks. Well, my money, they'd rather have $800. That just, that just makes business sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I get it. Okay. I'll get my time. I'm not worried about it. You're not paying for parking. You're not staying at their hotel. Yeah. So it's it's Dude. that's what they want, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd want people that are going to, you know, are going to spend money. Let's get these out of town people in here because it's safe again to spend all this money. So we start making that because the, the markup on that crap is crazy. We know that. So ah, that's what yep. I think anyway. Um, I got the email already that said they processed my payment, and now I'm waiting on that Disneyland stimmy because <laughs> <laughs> I paid some of those in full, so um, <laughs> I'm getting some money back. Yeah, so they're just going to retro – well, I would imagine they're just giving you all of it back then. Prorated. Yeah? It's prorated. prorated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever uh, they decide by daily, whatever the prorated by day is, with the day they closed uh, up until when my pass expired, I'm supposed to receive the difference. Mm-hmm. So I had. Oh, right so on. how lo- how much long did you have on your pass till it expired? You, you're in July, aren't you? No, August now. Um, I had five months left on my pass. Oh wow! So you're gonna get about about half. Just what is just around yeah, it easily. I'll probably yeah. get. I haven't checked it because there's a website you can check it. I haven't done it. I'll probably get back about four hundred dollars for each pass. So that's not bad. I'm gonna get the money back. I'm gonna put it. There's there's your there's your the rest of your two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah no opening data site because of covid but i know hey okay so we all saw that disneyland is a testing site right 
Yes. Okay. Did anybody? Uh, for... Not really. Well, it's more. It's the parking lot. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did anybody even for two seconds think how cool would it be to get my freaking uh, my shot in front of the castle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, for two seconds I oh, saw that. Like, I think it's because oh they're gonna do it actually at Disneyland, right? Because of the the way the wording was, and I was like, why would you do that? Because that's like a, a mess of people to watch out for and capacity and all that. So I'm like, oh you stupid ass, it's gonna be in the parking lot. And then it came Especially out. Especially when they have an entrance in and out. Right. That was the first thing. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw that article. Like, there's no way they're doing this at Disney. It's not Land. insane. Where are they doing no, it? At? They're doing it at the convention parking lot. Well, Get out of here. Mind you, I only. See, for, I, th- for I two thought seconds. they would do like, uh, what is it, Simba? There's no way like you that. would want all those people if they're doing uh, testing, vaccination, or anything. There's no way that Disneyland wants them on their property. So See, no, hell no. I get actually them. thought it was going to be the big ten friends because you could have everybody drive up all around, get it on the top, and then go all the way down. Uh, they wouldn't Dude, do that they... because it's enclosed. Yeah, no, there's just no way. I was as soon as I saw this article, I was like, no way. That's got to be the what is that Toy Story lot? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Toy Story. Got to be Toy Story. Like I that's said, good, I thought I thought Simba, but Toy Story makes more sense. Yeah. And that's been confirmed, and that's been going on. It was actually shut last week, though. They had to shut it down because of the wind. They shut it down for two days this week. Yeah, because of the wind. Why? The wind. Oh, the wind. Yeah. Oh. It, yeah. Dude, you going to do this in the rain, too? Well, the, it's just it's big those big-ass tents is what they uh-huh. have. It's those big-ass tents. Oh, they set those up over there, too? Yeah, that's what it was. So I went, and I, um, I happened to actually go to the doctor um when I got my flu shot, I had to go into the doctor for something. So then they just asked me, do you want a flu shot? And I said, yeah. But then later I took the wife and kids to go get their flu shot. And we did one of the drive through things. The tents basically mm-hmm. where they stay and they have all the equipment. That's what the tent is for. Mm-hmm. You drive through the tent yeah. and get stuck and here you go. Um, that's yeah. how that piece works. But yeah, um, I mean, they could do it in the rain. Uh, theoretically, you could do that in the rain. But the wind was yeah. too much. The wind was too much. Because it, it, it was gusty. It was a gusty day. Mm-hmm. They set up tents to drive through the tent. You stick it in there. The water can, they can handle, but the wind was just going to blow everything away. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with 80 mile an hour gusts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let someone I mean, they're flipping over semi trailers. We're not going to fuck a tent's not going to stand a chance. No. That's why there's no outdoor dining. Rick, did you see Wonder Woman? Yes, I saw Wonder Woman Christmas Day. You want to talk about Wonder Woman? Um,. It was the second of, – of course, it's a sequel. So this one was taking place in 1984. So you had kind of that flashy, very, very early, mid-'80s vibe to everything. Um, I got to tell you, man, I, Pedro Pascal it's like at, at the top of my list right now. He did fantastic in the movie. Oh, I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the it, – it's, it's the classic sequel where you try to one-up yourself – by having two villains and one of the villains is just kind of like the misunderstood person. Uh-huh. So you had that vibe going on, but Pedro Pascal was in it. He was one of the two villains. Um, was Kristen Wiig was the other one. one. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> he, he was the misunderstood one. Kristen Wiig was the one who was more of the bad, who, uh, the fall from grace bad. Um, it was okay. I the first one was better definitely. It fell into kind of those classic sequel tripes of trying to one up itself. It wasn't a bad movie. Like Karate Kid too. 
No, it wasn't Karate Kid 2, and it wasn't Iron Man 2, because I can't stand Iron Man 2. It's not the... No. It's not Iron good. Man 2 was not, was not good. No. I liked it better than this one. Um, I think they tried a little bit hard to get Chris Pine in there. That was, that was kind of sad. Um, the idea with Chris Pine is... Um, well, the whole the whole thing with Pedro Pascal's character is it's it's like a monkey's paw type thing, and it's the idea that you can get a wish, but there's always a consequence to your wish. So um, Gal Gadot's character, you know, Wonder Woman, she she kind of inadvertently wished for for I can't even remember the name of the guy, Chris Pine's character back, and he was back, but he wasn't back. He's like zombie. Like. No, it's like all his memories and all of who he was was in a different man. But when they showed him on camera, they showed Chris Pine, not the other guy. Hmm. So it was like the, this is who you see without seeing. So that was kind of a little bit of confusing at first. And then uh, it, it went Superman 2 on it is that she kind of gave up her powers for love. That was her, uh, her monkey's paw flaw is that she started losing her power. So I said, oh, it's like Superman 2. <laughs> I give it my power for love. You know, all in all, it's definitely worth checking out. It was it was good. It was definitely worth watching, but um, not as good as the first. So when they said right away a third one, I'm like, well, you're going to go back to the basics on this one. You, you go with your classic trilogy and go back to your basics, and it will be a little bit better. At least that's my hope. Well, I finally have uh, – I changed internet providers. So I now actually, with my package, I have HBO Max. So I will, at some point here, uh, watch it just because, you know, DC guy, as far as the comics. I think you only have a couple of days. Of what? Um, if I remember, it. yeah, if I remember right, they're only, they're only up for about a month. Oh. Yeah, the 25th. Okay. And today's yeah, what, the 20? Oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yes, 22nd. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. That works. But Pedro Pascal, man. Yeah, man, it's worth fire it. right now. He is. He well, that was funny because on Christmas Day, there was the debut of the Mandalorian documentary. There was the debut of Wonder Woman 1984, and there was the debut of a uh, of a Netflix movie. It was like the Superhero Kids, and he was a star of that too. So he was literally debuting on Disney Plus, Netflix, and HBO Max on the same day. Oh wow! Trifecta. Yeah. Where's he from? Chile. Is that where he's from? Uh, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Look that up. Mandalore. Good <laughs> <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> he wasn't even from Mandalore. No, he was not. But no. But uh, going back to Disney Plus, man. Um, so Dan, you haven't watched any of the Wandavision yet? No, I haven't watched any Wandavision yet. I've heard some people say they didn't understand it, but I'm hearing it from a lot of people. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Bro, no one understands it. Nobody. Yes, he's Chilean born. Yeah. Spicy. Now, is it supposed to be that way that yeah. nobody understands it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I saw the first two. I haven't watched the one. As we record this, it's Friday. I haven't watched the one today. Um, yeah, okay. the, third episode. the third episode. I, I watched the third episode. And just go ahead and you go talk, and I'll talk well, about the third okay. one. Well, well, I was just going to give an overview. I wasn't going to give any spoilers. Um, yeah. So when when we we didn't know what to expect when we first started talking about this, and I still don't know what to expect. 
now that we are going to be talking about this. Um, but it uses TV shows as, as the background of what it is. So it goes through decades. This is what it's going to do. So the first episode was very like 50s based as far as the TV show. It's black and white. It's very Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, it's very Dick Van Dyke. Like, um, it's cornball comedy. Like, I really even think it's not supposed to be funny because it's that corny, but it really does pay homage to what comedy was in the 50s. Now, with me, and I said this on uh, the Disney Culture podcast just dropped today uh, as we record this. I talked about this a little bit on there, but I'll give you the brief. Um, I'm not a fan of, other than maybe I Love Lucy, I'm not a big fan of 50s comedy because I find it corny. I find, like, Leave it to Beaver and My Three Sons, that can all kiss my ass. I really don't care. Um, I, I don't find it funny. Like, I find it corny. I, I It had a time and it had a place. It's not there. But I don't think, uh, what do you guys think? I, I don't think it's meant to be funny. I think it's part of the joke of of what it is. Because it was like, you see stuff like, he tripped over something and it's like, well, that's Dick Van Dyke. You, like, you notice these things. And it, it's outlandish <laughs> in, in what it is. And you're like, this fits in with like what 50s comedy would have been. Like completely. Yeah. The second episode was more like Bewitched. It was like early sixties mm-hmm. comedy. Um, so same kind of thing. I didn't find the jokes funny, but I don't think they're really meant to be funny. But it hints at a deeper story. Each episode hints at a deeper story, and that's what you're getting at, and that's what I'm looking to see how that's gonna think. And each each episode I don't know about the next one because the next one is in color, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in the black and white episodes there's certain pieces of it that are colorized, but, or you see color bleeding through that shows you this is different. This is supposed to be something different from what we are actually watching. Like the actual yeah. stories bleeding yeah. through in that piece that you're seeing. Yeah. There's it's, it's more very, to it. Oh yeah. It's very meticulous and very calculated. And I was talking with a friend of mine and we were saying, I think this is going to lead into what Dr. Strange is going to be the Dr. Mm-hmm. Strange movie. And that, that the whole multiverse thing. And we know, Xavier knows this too. Um, Scarlet Witch in the comics alters reality. She can alter reality as one of her powers. So that could be what this is. But I don't really know what I watched. <laughs> like, they, you they see almost, hints of stuff that's coming, but yeah. They almost come off like coma dreams. Like what? Like a coma dream. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where you, 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 know, it's, you know it's not what it's supposed to be, but you can't even Scarlet Witch kind of can't um, – she knows something's wrong, something's off, but she can't quite put her finger on it. Yeah, and you see that in and the first episode really, at the dinner table. That's really the best you get out of it. And then other than that, it's it's Easter eggs. It's the little things. It's like there's commercials within the show for a Stark toaster or a watch – that has the Hydra logo on it. Strucker. Yeah. And it's by Strucker. Baron yeah, by Strucker. It's by Strucker. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically you're saying go into this with an open mind because it's going to lead into something else. Oh, you can't take this at face bigger. value. You cannot take this at yeah. face value yeah. because you're, you're missing, yeah. Yeah. you're missing so much if you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know how much you guys want to talk about, but like, um, you, you see the, um, is it sword? The, the yeah. space version of yeah, sword. that's coming. Mm-hmm. That's 100% yes. coming. Like, that's what you're getting at. So there, there's even a connection to that. And I think it was Anthony that was telling me. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that makes sense because in the comics, S.W.O.R.D. has a connection with X-Men because there were X-Men that were part of it. Well, guess who owns X-Men now? 
mm-hmm. Disney owns X-Men. So you can actually now use yeah. these properties and say, okay, we, we have this now. And it's been hinted at in other movies. I kind of looked that up. It's been hinted it at in other yeah. movies. Yeah, it was a Fury in Space at yeah. the end of uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also have to remember, too, that Wanda, Wanda, Wanda Maximoff is Magneto's daughter. So She's now that yeah. they're all connected, yeah, that's their way of bringing in the possible mutants into the Marvel MCU now. Um, but like, yeah, I've watched it. I watched the third episode today because I wanted to be prepared for the uh, thing. I still don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> and there's I mean, only five episodes but left. But it's, it's op- yeah, and it's, oh, I mean, it's opening up a little bit more, but not much more where you could understand it. This one is more 60s. It's more a lot more Brady Bunch to it. A lot more uh, Mary Tyler Moore, which is like Dick Van Dyke, uh, I guess, tie-in. I don't know what we're going to do for the 80s for the Dick Van Dyke tie-in. But, um, yeah, like that even though you look at them like, whoa, those are, the Brady, those are the Brady Bunch stairs. That's a Brady Bunch backyard. So you're going to get to family ties? Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I still have my Meredith Baxter Bernie Memorial towel. There you go. Hey, uh, the other thing, Samaro, um, they're only like 35 minutes long. They're not, okay. they're not even that. The credits take forever. Yeah, they they're, do. They're yeah. just over 20 minutes long. So they end up being minutes 25 long. minutes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy. So okay, it's, yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely worth checking out. And you can, I mean, you can get through one and be like, okay, I can do it while I'm getting ready. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's easy to get through, burn through them. But, uh, hey Rick, there's nine episodes of this, not not eight. Oh okay, eight weeks. Yeah, because they dropped the first two episodes sense. the same day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so this is is it good? <clears throat> yeah, it, it's this is an intent. You have to pay attention to what's going on so you catch stuff. Um, the Mandalorian when the Mandalorian was new, man, I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'd be watching the Mandalorian as soon as I got out of the shower, like <laughs> walking around my phone watching the Mandalorian. WandaVision is not like that. I'll watch it. I'll watch it the day that it is because Fri- I don't have class on Fridays, so I can even watch it while I'm doing it. I'm sitting at my computer doing work on the little pop-out extension that I have. Um, but it's not like I have to get up and watch this, but I, I will watch it just to see what's going on and the, and the, in the connections for everything else because there's a lot. There's a lot to be connected there. And I think actually, yeah, because we got Doctor Strange coming up who fully introduces the multiverse. And then with the announcement that all those people are going to be in the next Spider-Man movie, that's a multiverse too. So yeah. it's it's all there, right? Like right in front of us. If that makes sense. I didn't watch the next thing. Yeah, uh, you I, or did I? I? Oh man! I watched the last half hour. So um, I knew at the beginning or about mid last year, a documentary dropped called "You Cannot Kill David Arquette." It's finally available and wide release on Hulu. It was um, it was pretty awesome. It was um, I didn't know sometime in like 2017, 2018 ish, David Arquette had a heart attack, and he was pretty much bottom of the barrel. He he admitted he goes I've been auditioning for about 10 years and I haven't got anything, and uh, he he decided he was going to try to uh, he was going to try to go to a convention and just see what's going on as part of the convention. He's a big time wrestling fan. And um, for those of you who know, he did end up winning the WCW championship back in the heyday when the movie Ready to Rumble was getting ready to come out. 
So they hmm, talk about that right. kind of, but they kind of talk about that being the decline and the fall from grace for him because before that, he was getting a mixed bag of roles. He was getting some serious roles. He was getting some comedic roles. But once that came out and the Scream movies came out, he was kind of typecast as this goofy guy. And it ended up hurting his career really badly. So he was, you know, either typecast into those goofy roles or he wasn't getting anything. And then add into the fact that everybody says that uh, he ruined WCW by becoming champion. It wasn't his fault. He wasn't the one who went in and said, I'm going to be champion. And he yeah. said, like, and he didn't want to do it. Like, he was like, no, I, I don't deserve this. Yeah. And even DDP is like, uh, he goes, seriously, you think that if somebody said you walked into WCW and somebody said, we're going to put the belt on you, you would say no. Like, yeah. he's 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 stepping up for, for David saying, you know, the booker said this was going to happen. If I walked in there tomorrow at that time and they said you're gonna you're gonna pin the champion to become champion do you think i would say no to that hell no i'd say i'm wcw champion yeah you know but nobody took him seriously nobody nobody believed in him and uh so he he decided he goes i gotta learn to trade and the documentary spends a good 45 minutes to an hour on him learning the trade you know going in there taking his bumps going to indie going to an indie convention ending up at a backyard show and getting his ass kicked and people basically stretching him, you know, beating the shit out of him saying, you know, this is what you got to do. If you want to do this, you got to, you got to pay your dues, you got to pay your dues. And instead of, of walking away from it, he embraced it. And yes, he was humiliated. All he wanted was that respect. You know, he's like, I want people to respect the fact that I want to try to do this. I actually did this, you know, so it documents his training. It documents him. He went to Mex. He went to Mexico and he's trained with luchadors. Oh, he's training lucha. street luchadors. Yeah, he did street luchador. He did street lucha. Huh. You know where you do it in the street at, at a stoplight, and then you run around and people tip uh, you. Like those fools on back. Dark Side of the Ring or whatever it was, wasn't that? Or yeah. the wrestlers? I think it was the wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, the street lucha. Yeah, that's crazy. He did that stuff. You know, he trained with uh, Pretty Peter Avalon and Tyler Bateman. He did these things, so then it documents him to the point, and the last, the end of the, uh, the end of the documentary, is him at a uh, basically it's a year from the point where he tried to to join this convention with Brian Nobbs, and they basically pushed him around, picked on him, and laughed him out of the building. So a year later, he's headlining it with Ken Anderson. Oh wow! So he's in there and. Uh, it's kind of that full circle journey. It shows some bar wrestling scenes and stuff that we've been to. So, I mean, it was, it was cool to Are see some of that the stuff. Are we in The only money? Oh, never mind. Joey Ryan's no. broke. Never mind. No. <laughs> Actually, he just won a settlement. He won oh, a settlement. He, really? he just won a settlement. He didn't win a settlement. By default. He won it by default because <laughs> the other chick, the chick didn't show up. She didn't respond at oh, the time. Uh, but no, it, it goes full circle, uh, yeah. man. You see that? It's it's a really it's a really cool watch. I found it kind of sad, just like knowing the state of what David Arquette's at. Yeah. You know, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he was getting alimony from his uh, first wife, uh, Courtney Cox, because she Ooh, made like it? a shitload of money from friends. But uh, it was just kind of sad to see the state of his life and like him thinking, no, I have to do this. I'm like, he's a 50-something-year-old man. Trying 40, to do he's something. He's like forty nine. He's like fifty now. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
but no, trying to had, do something that's a young man's sport. Yeah, he. I mean, like I like I said, he was bottom of the barrel. He, you know, Alexis has been gone for just a few years now. Um, he had a heart attack. He lost someone else that was. Cl- oh, he lost um, Luke Perry. I guess him and Luke Perry were really close. Yeah. So he lost Luke Perry. He had a heart attack, and this kind of he was a, a alcoholic and very bad at that. So this it turned his life around. It, this was his new addiction, was getting into that ring, training, and doing those things. So it really helped him a lot. One of the scenes they show towards the end is him wrestling with uh, Jungle Boy. Oh, okay. And, you know, they, they, they hug and they embrace in the ring. And he's like, you know, he goes, he basically says, you, you're going to do this, man. You're going to go far. And, and Jungle Boy saying, man, this was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling, wrestling with David and, and doing that. So it was... Like he said, there was a lot of sad moments. It's like, damn, this sucks for this guy. And it, it's really cool to see kind of that transformation, that life turn. Let's hope he can he can do something with it. And if this is the end of it, that's fine too. But at least he went off on a, on a, on his note, you know, showing that he 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 at least deserves some respect. Go watch. I know what Dan and Dan are doing this weekend. That one's on Hulu, so it's easy to get to. Mm, I don't have Hulu. You didn't do the bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Mm-mm. I don't watch TV, man. I wasn't gonna pay for something I don't. It's not me. It's not use any of them. It's not me. It's not me that watches TV. It's everybody else in the house. It's the kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really watch TV. <laughs> all right, is it break time again? Well, hold on. If, as long as we're talking this, have any of you all seen Cobra Kai? The new season of Cobra oh, yeah. Kai. No, no, I still haven't seen any of it. I watched all of it. In the, in I didn't like, say the days. first season. I watched the first season and like three episodes of the second season. I I do get a lot of people that tell me to watch it all the time, and I just still haven't. That's not anything. I, I should watch it. I just haven't. Can be it, it can be watched when you work. So the next time you work, yeah, you put it on because and they're it, short. They're about a half hour long. Each, uh, so you're, yeah, yeah, they're about that. They're, they're, Some get to forty minutes. They're, they're thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, they're, they're roughly in there. This season, season three. It's good. It's good. They tie in a lot of stuff from all of them Karate Kid movies, except the one with that chick. Um, even the one that yeah, sucks. my bro- my brother in law Texas on a what's gonna call it New Year's uh, Day, like at ten in the morning. Have you guys watched Cobra Kai yet? And we're like, my wife's all, what the fuck, dude? Like it's we were out last night. <laughs> we were up it, late it, uh, last night. And you've already watched it. I watched Cobra Kai. Yeah, it, it's uh, it does a nice job of tying everything all together. And then you really go through this bit where you don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because they end up flipping sides, but then not, but then they do, you don't know who to root for. Like, uh, Rick, do you feel that way? It's kind of like, you don't know who to root for because people oh, go all the time, man. Back even, and forth. even, even as, as it gets deeper into the series and you're like, you get ambiguous about, you know, that first season you really feel bad for Johnny and you're like, okay. Johnny kind of feels like the hero now, and Daniel's become the the villain. And then it kind of balances out in season two, where you're not really sure, and uh, John Kreese becomes a villain. But even after the end of season three, I'm like, he's fucked up too. Yeah. And you you have the feels for him too. You get to see why John Kreese is the way that he is, and then oh really? Yeah, you get to see like Daniel's kind can kind of be a dick sometimes. And Johnny's trying to be the good guy, but Johnny's still a dick. 
like two. So, yeah, but then, then the kids, they're no better because like this kid's a dick. No, no he's not. Mm-hmm. He's cool. No, like it's a dick again. Like, yeah, I, it's good. It's good. It's like it's 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 cheesy in its own way because I mean at the heart at the heart of it, the Karate Kid movies are kind of cheesy, right? Sure. Yeah. But it it just fits. It's the right amount of nostalgia and and enough of a soap opera to keep you like, I want to see what happens here. So when it ends, you're just like, I never thought I would see season three ends. And you're like, I never thought I would see that. I never thought I would see that. Is that what I'm seeing? And then like, we've got to wait for season four. Like, so it's, it's actually really good. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend Cobra Kai. It's one of the best things out there right now. Like I started watching it and I could not stop. I, I watched all the episodes in like two days. You know? Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. Because, and it's what? 10 episodes? <clears throat> It's ten episodes. Ten episode seasons. Yeah, I watched the okay. I watched the last season in like two days. I just like I can't stop watching this. It was that good. Enough of a hook to be like, I want to see what happens. So and then where it ends up, <laughs> yeah, you're like, even, oh, is so and so coming back now? That was so yeah, hard to just house. I'm, I'm planning to watch uh, season two tomorrow. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Man, New Year's Day was hard in this house because it was like, okay, Cobra Kai. But Anthony's like, but what about Sabrina? <laughs> and Alicia's like, oh, yeah, I want to watch Sabrina, too. So it was like, episode of Cobra Kai, episode of Sabrina, episode of Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. We all have our own little, like, we we like this kind of thing. So yeah, here. And then, See, we, we all kind of like, we all kind of like everything. So it's like, okay, well, we got we to gotta balance it out. Over here on the wall, I have the TV mounted up here now. <laughs> got the fire stick taken care of. Rick uh, gave me one of those um, like 3D stormtrooper helmets that comes out of the wall. So that's on the wall too. Uh, over oh, here, cool. I got all my pops up on a shelf that I put up over here. It's slowly becoming a little bit more like a like a man cave. And then to the right of me is laundry, but like you know, it's, it's slowly becoming what I, what I want it to be. When we get to spring, hey, cleaning. those clothes ain't gonna clean themselves. No, but I'd rather have them in here and in, in uh instead of in the house. And then behind me is of course totally. the, the treadmill, which I do use every day. By the way, and then uh, the weight set, which I gotta, I gotta get on that bad boy again. But uh, I see a smashed up Death Star behind you, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see <laughs> <a> treadmill. <laughs> yeah, we're here, and I got over here. I got my little, I got my turntable, and I got my little light up Leota sipper <laughs> from downtown Disney. So anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, now we'll take a break. The story you are about to hear is true. The names have been withheld to protect the guilty. My 91-year-old mother wrote most of this song in the 90s about the Cadillac Tramps. We had just gotten back from tour, and she handed me a scrap of paper with some jotted-down lyrics and started singing this tune to me. I never really thought I would ever finish it, but I'm super glad I did. Thanks, Mom. You always saw the best in us. Five ugly guys in a van. Yeah. 
Okay, so we live in Southern California, one of the staples of Southern California, one of those venues that's still around for the longest time in, in the uh, Inland Empire, kind of the region that we're a little bit closer to is the Glass House. Just turned, it's turning 25 years old this year. Wow. So, 25? Fuck, that's 25. a long time. That is, man. There's been a hell of a lot of good shows there. I'm trying to remember, remember. that was like, Go ahead. I remember the one that was like, man, if it wasn't the showcase, it was the glass house. Showcase or glass house. If you couldn't quite fit the showcase, you went to the glass house. Yeah, because the glass house was slightly bigger as far as the venue. <clears throat> Turns out it's about 800 people. Is that what it is? Well, the showcase is only I like it was close 300. To it. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was more like 1,000. I think when they redid it, I think you lost some capacity when they redid it. Because remember, they, they redid the glass house. Um, yes, they did. Maybe ten years ago, it had a very, it had a different setup. Yeah, the, the stage they, right. they took a big chunk of the stage, and um, they like how do you want to how do I put this? It used to be flat against the flat wall, against and then the became wall. More angled. right, and then then it became more angled. Yeah, since it's more angled and more looking yeah. like a pizza slice, you took away mm-hmm. some of the capacity because of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you would walk out. Um, from there into the uh, the smoking area or into the merch area, which is right in front of the, the foyer. Um, if you did that when a band was playing, you look to your left as you and there's the band right there. That's not the case anymore. That's the sound guy. Mm-hmm. That's where the sound guy um, is. So it, we definitely see some differences. I'm trying to remember who I might have first saw at the Glass House. Um, I don't even know. Th- those would have uh, been the uh, the first. Show I remember going to was a specials, and it wasn't their big one that they had. It was a couple years after they had already opened. It was a specials were playing there. Uh, uh geez, I want to say like 96, 97. Well, it would have opened in 96. That would have been right with yeah, the because that would have been the year. So that's what guilty yeah, as charged was... era, yeah. Guilty as charged, no, uh, maybe the one before that, but yeah, like that's when I saw that I saw the specials there. It was the first time I went there. I'm like, oh fuck, this place is big, and compared to the showcase where we used to go to shows, yeah. um, I remember one of the first shows that I went to with Dan. There was when he first started dating Shauna. Was uh, Voodoo Schools and uh, Union Thirteen opened up for him. Yeah, um, actually. Oh shoot, was that it? Was it the Descendants? Was that one of the first shows we saw there? No. Uh, yeah. That was an yes. early show that we saw there. That, that would have been 96, fucking... 97. Yeah, The Descendants was because I remember you guys talking about going to check out this new venue in Pomona called The Glass House. And you were you were going to go see The Descendants. I couldn't go, but you guys went. It was even before Everything Sucks came out. So it would have been maybe, maybe 90. It might have been 96. Yeah, sounds about I right. I probably have that ticket. You probably would. I, 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 would I have that. a collection of tickets, and I laminated yeah. them all so they wouldn't lose the ink on them. Um, so. <laughs> that's where Sean Barry. That's what Sean Barry went. Oh with my us. God! Then it probably was the Descendants. Yeah, imagine that. That's, that's and that's crazy. when he was still dating his first girlfriend from Kmart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a long time ago, man. I remember the number of bands we've seen go through there has been ridiculous like i don't know you want to talk about some of them like what so like 
shows we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all kinds of them before they got big. Um, I, I saw um, I saw AFI there uh, before they got big. Like you, you couldn't get AFI in the Glass House now. There's no way. Um, you know, no. and I know they had played the showcase before that, but um, on the Art of Drowning tour, uh, they played there. It was ridiculous. Rise Against. I saw, Rise Against now plays stadiums. You know what I mean? Dude, or, I or saw very, Rise Against open for Alkaline Arenas. Yeah. Um, Remember, and at the end, the next tour, we saw we, it was reversed. Yes. Uh, you know what? It's That's happened twice half. with with Rise Against because we saw that too. We uh, and this is a different venue, but we saw I saw um, Rise Against open for Bad Religion at the Palladium, and the next time I saw mm-hmm. those two bands, it was reversed, and it was at the Long Beach yeah. Arena. I it was that, that, that many mm-hmm. more people. Um, saw that man. We saw uh, Misfits and Guar. Yeah, Guar. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a cra- that was a crazy show to begin with. Just that lineup, voodoo goals, uh, voodoo goals goes open. Uh, we saw the quakes. Yeah, yeah. We saw the quakes there the first time they played the West That's Coast. That's right. The quakes played there the first time they played the West Coast, um, mm-hmm. which was that was when I farted in that room and cleared it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes. You know who? I... And we saw Brit at the midget there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw, and this one's for Xavier. I saw Insane Clown Posse there. I saw Insane Clown oh. Posse at the Glass House, <laughs> and they um, – if, if you don't know this about Insane Clown Posse, they, they kick around soda, like two-liter bottles of soda. They pop them open, and they'll take it, and they kick it like a football. So it's out for the fans to mess with and you know throw it around and stuff like that, all in the name of good fun. But all the lights and stuff up above were covered in plastic, like in black paper and, and tarp <laughs> because they, they told them, you know, we're going to kick soda around this place. It's going to get It's going to get messy. I walked out super sticky and then i walked out full of um a bunch of crap no i tried to avoid the crap from gore because i don't know what that crap was blood guts and yeah yeah. like you tried to avoid that crap oh Oh, my shirt was soaking i had contact lenses that were uh dyed pink (laughs) (laughs) from all that blood dude we saw uh henry rollins do the the black flag set there with rise above yeah, see. yeah. we saw henry yeah. rollins do spoken word there too spoken word there we too. saw henry yeah. rollins do spoken yes. word yeah. at the at the glad ha- at the glass house too yeah lots of bands have uh have gone through uh that i'm trying to remember who else i saw i know i saw a lot of bands go through. no 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 i got a story i gotta tell remember that time when we saw social distortion there and rick got a uh a, a, a set list and he's gonna give it to his wife because she couldn't make it and Dan meets this guy from Brazil there, and he shows the guy the sit list, and the guy goes, "Oh, thank you. Can I have it?" And Dan's <laughs> like, uh, "Yeah, fuck it." <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice going, yeah. I do remember that that show though. I do remember that show. That was a good show. I saw a veil there. That was a good show. Uh, we yeah, saw, saw a veil there a couple. Times. Eighteen visions at that show. Uh, remember that, Dan? Oh, we almost lost our vision. Yeah, we were almost blind. Yeah, they just had these huge lights pointed to the crowd, dude. We couldn't see crap. And then, like, dude, we, we need to back away from the pit because these fools are doing their kung fu. And we're going to get kicked because we can't see. Yeah, we we can't see anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only time um, I saw all, all, you know, the other descendants oh, was yeah. at that's house. Yeah. yeah, with I Agnostic saw, Front. That was um, the first time I, I saw Agnostic, Agnostic Front there, too. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Dude, remember when Agnostic Front played with the business there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they, they locked us they, in because they, they, they wouldn't let us out. Yeah, they knew shit was going to happen. They said no ins and outs, but you could smoke inside. And that's when they had the and they have a ban in smoking inside in California. So they said like, nah, nobody's getting out of this fucker. If you if you leave, you go home. Yeah, that was yeah, the business. We're fighting. Man. That's how, that's how the business. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's how the business ran their, ran their shit. Dude, I've, we've done everything though. We've seen the spoken word, we've seen the concerts. Um, I saw, I've seen film screens there. I saw Frank Turner's documentary there. Dude, we've even seen wrestling there. I was gonna say, I think the last time that we were all together for an event, if not all together, just in the same room, was when we saw bar wrestling. Yeah, because that was right before the pandemic. Right. That was the end of like February. Two weeks before. Yeah. That was crazy. A lot of psycho shows, some festivals that use some of those different rooms. Um, yeah. Um, I I saw Jurassic Five there, and I've also seen um, Black Eyed Peas before Fergie was with them. Do you know? I've told people that before when we'll talk about like concerts or just people that we know, like what, what they've seen, and I'll, I'll mention Black Eyed Peas before Fergie and Jurassic Five. I I don't know why. It's just those are the two. Maybe it's just because those are the two that. Well, at least Black Eyed Peas people. People recognize the name. Yeah, but, but some people. Uh, I the, mentioned Jurassic Park. Donna's there. They remember. Yeah. So what's that? The Donna's there before, um, right after September 11th. I was gonna say that was the first show right after September 11th that we went to. And then I remember, I remember thinking, I go, thank you for coming out. It means a lot to us that you still like are willing to play because, like, 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 um, you gave us hope again, like you know, something to look forward to. I had had tickets to Weezer that same night that that Donna show was, and they got canceled. But uh, you're like, you want to go see the Donnas? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go see the Donnas. I remember Left Alone. The first time I saw Left Alone was there. They opened for the the Horror Pops. It was uh, uh, like a Halloween show because they all had Halloween costumes on. Yeah, and I got there. Mm-hmm. I got there late. I had a, I had a class that night, so I got there late, and then we saw um. Big Jose, the first uh, working class singer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Uh, man, that was oh cool, shit! <laughs> Many moons. Many moons. And the first time we saw Welt was there. Yeah, that's right. And that we were like, is... "Holy shit!" Yeah. I'll play Welt every now and then. I have to pull it up through YouTube, but occasionally I'll find a song and play for somebody. Yeah. To trip oh, out. The Subhumans there, didn't we, Dan? Oh yeah, we've seen the Subhumans yeah, that was there a good show. twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and when uh, were you with us when uh, they played with Reagan Youth? Uh, I don't think I was at that show. I don't remember. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Reagan Youth. Yeah, I saw. Oh, uh, maybe I have yeah, actually. I, saw Reagan. I don't remember. I'm, I'm leaning towards maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mad Dog Cole played there. I mean, like yeah, when that's he was right. spent the night over at that. your place. Remember, I jacked up my ankle that night uh, on St. Patrick's Day with Three Bad Jacks. We were all on stage pogoing and. Uh, I wound up jacking up my ankle. To this day, oh. I still have ankle issues because of it because I didn't go to the doctors. So let's, we could talk about that because it's, it's kind of weird. Um, so Dan, you and I have been backstage at the Glass House a number of times, like yeah. not just Xavier who just walks backstage, but um, like <laughs> actual like all access, really like all access kind of pass um, because we were with the bands. And um, so you walk back there, and, and it's the area I'm sure Xavier saw where it's just some couches and a fridge. That's just all that's that's there. That tended to be where like the younger bands hung out. <laughs> like remember, we're like we would see like this yeah. was the younger. The, the main acts usually aren't in that room. Everything that's backstage, but that's not really where the bands hang out. So that their backstage area runs pretty much the length of the building. So there is like a, a proper kitchen in a hallway, 
like as you go further down and then there's another area behind and then there's a loft upstairs so you go up the sub set of stairs and there's a loft up there that's where the main band hangs out like upstairs in that loft because we, we were hanging out with um i think mark actually i think we were hanging out with mark in that loft that's that's top. up at the very top yeah um so it's, yeah. it's a very different setup as far as like how a backstage area looks like because we've uh, um i think we've all been well you know why why used to be a thrifty okay okay so it's probably all the warehousing uh, it, okay that that kind of makes sense i could i could see that because uh, we've been at a oh. few different backstage areas just from the stuff we've been lucky to do um like at the grove or whatever that's called now um in anaheim uh which yeah. is more proper like this is an actual backstage area and then like we've been backstage at the fonda um which is actually underground the the backstage at the fonda theater in hollywood is actually underground um and then we've been at some shithole backstages which are just a room off the side <laughs> like <laughs> but just some of those two, showcase? But, like uh oh well, the showcase was upstairs uh in the yeah, back and no one actually really hangs up there uh, out there all that's up is there's a room that uh, it's all wooden it's not even carpet or anything it's just had a couple of bench seats it has a bathroom and a shower that's all that's upstairs that was upstairs in the in the showcase, most people actually just hung out outside. It, it's the only bathroom worth using at the showcase. It was the only bathroom yes. worth using at the showcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, but it's kind of off limits to to most people. Yeah, uh, but that's why it was the only one worth using. Yeah. So <laughs> these are all the days before the record store that the Glass House has, and before it kind of annexed that uh, that bar. Um, to this was all before all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I remember going to the glass house for some show and seeing some girl that I worked from, I went to high school with, she was working like the bracelets and checking IDs and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing her too. I'm like, fucking Dan knows everybody. Cause you know, the girl who saw work, work at the um, showcase. Yeah. Too. Well, I mean, <laughs> Amy, yeah. Been around in the scene long enough. You just get to know different people for different reasons. Cause you see them all over the place. with all these different shows. One day it'll happen again. One day it'll happen again. But so did you actually? I haven't read the article, but it talked about no doubt in that article and stuff, right? Weezer and all that. So I'll give you that one. Yeah, just just sharing some memories, just like we did. Now I don't remember. I don't remember no doubt playing there except for like one or two shows. It wasn't. It was very rare they played there. Um, because the time it opened, it would have been right after Tragic Kingdom came out. Would have been right about that time. So yeah. they might have had a first show there. And then uh, I just saw this the other day, and I don't know how this came up. But I saw No Doubt on their Tragic Kingdom tour. It was one of the first things that my now wife and I did. And she yeah. had gotten those concerts. Did they play tickets. with Smashing Pumpkins? No, it was Weezer. It was, it oh, was No oh, Doubt. Yeah, it's different on this lineup. It was No Doubt, Weezer, and the Suicide Machines. That's what that's yes. who that, that show was. It, it was crazy. Yeah, I, I remember you telling yeah, me about I'm sitting this. in a seat, and that's that's that is the biggest concert at the time I had ever been to. Yes. Because I grew up punk rock, so I grew up in these small clubs, and I had seen the Suicide Machines a few times at the showcase, at the showcase, and at the barn, and all these places. So it was really weird for me to be sitting down watching the Suicide Machines with a bunch of kids who were on the floor just standing <laughs> there, and I was like, I should be down there going crazy. <laughs> For this band right here those kids are just yeah. standing there what is this it was very <laughs> weird to me we- weezer was good um so weezer maybe had a couple albums out at the time 
um you know i remember come and done and the, like those songs from the blue album um the, uh those songs and then of course you know no doubt played and i knew no doubt of course but uh, yeah that was a, that was crazy so yeah it would have been just before they they broke really really big when the place opened still a very much a part of uh the ska scene and all that kind of stuff before those bands got really big no. Oh, uh, what I, if I remember correctly, um, what happened when I remember hearing about No Doubt playing, those were like the ones they had like limited tickets for. But if you knew how to get around it, like if you knew like to go to Mud and Buckets there, you could have bought tickets. I remember some lady showed up, goes, you guys got tickets for No Doubt? Yeah, I goes, I'll take four of them. And this is this older lady buying them for her kids because she couldn't get them through the original on It was like one of those like, we're going to like release the time at this time and you can go here and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't K Rock used to put that information out? I remember that. I think we yeah. had tried to go. It was like one of those. Yeah, I think we had tried to go. Um, the Vandals. Isn't the Vandals a bunch of the, the Vandals for a little while had that run of uh, had that run of shows on um, the Fourth of July, or right around the Fourth of July. Those were fun too. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first times I'd seen the Interrupters too. Actually, they, they filmed that for a video. They filmed that Interrupter show for a video. That was pretty cool. That's when tickets were seventeen seventy six. Yep, tickets were seventeen seventy six. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I know Weezer played a little more recently. I don't think they played there till like two thousand ten ish. Okay, and it was one of those Weezer. small, like intimate shows. Yeah, and they were like crazy expensive tickets. I think they started at eighty bucks or something like that. And I'm like, eh, I don't need to see Weezer that bad. But uh... oh, trip out on this. Did you guys read this article or no? Mm-hmm. I, st- I didn't read all of it. I skimmed okay. it. I skimmed it so I was like, it, it was cool. no doubt that opened the venue. Oh, okay. They were the first two shows. The guys that opened it, because it, okay. it, was, it was before Golden Voice took it over, right? So this is before, because Golden Voice runs the Glass House now, but the, the Tollet Brothers, do you remember that name? The Tollet Brothers? Mm-hmm. Rings a bell. They were booking punk and ska shows. So, you know, when before it got to be the golden voice and it was just these individual promoters the toilet brothers were, were in there so they had opened that spot and um they brought in uh their friends no doubt to headline the thing because they were just breaking it was just before tragic kingdom right yeah so they had just released tragic kingdom so it hadn't taken off yet and then uh you know but they're they're known a little bit obviously they're known around the area because they played my grad night famous story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um the people around here knew them so to bring them in to play a venue like that size that band at that time they would have done well to attract an audience to check out this new venue. So uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty smart. So that's that's pretty cool. And then, uh, matter of fact, here's your segue, guys. Here's your segue to turn into something to talk about something we are, are going to talk about. Um, no doubt at the show that I was at in 97 at the then Pond brought out the Vandals on stage um, to yes. play a song or something like that. And we just saw the Vandals do the 25th Christmas formal. Did you guys get a chance to watch that? Yes, I, I ended up missing it. Oh, you it. missed it? I kept no. forgetting. Yeah, I, I wound up not getting to watch it. Okay. I was going to. I just didn't get it. I didn't pull the trigger on it. What'd you think, Rick? <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I, I, I told Anthony, I go, leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can listen to Battle Religion. You can listen to all this. Vandals. You may want to leave the room. Uh, not all the Vandals, <laughs> but the Christmas albums, not quite. Yeah, the Christmas albums, not quite. Yeah, it's not quite there. There's some songs that are a little questionable. Yeah, it's Christmas time for my penis. Yeah. yeah. 
There's some stuff there you definitely shouldn't have play around the kids. He's like, you listen to weird stuff, Dad. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, it, it was fun though. I mean, they tried to really make it what what it was. They did some backstage segments there at um, Santa's Village and stuff, and I, I thought it was really fun. It, it was worth it. It was worth it to me to pay that to see it to just be like, here's the Christmas songs. It's in the spirit. They had the whole stage decorated. They were into it. I was good with it. It's the best you can get in these times. And I ordered the shirt because I thought the shirt was nice. So I actually did order the shirt. And I got it like two days after Christmas. But that's okay. I have it for next year. That's fine. And then the other shows that we watched. Did you guys watch all of those? I watched all four of them. Dan, did you watch those? I watched uh, two of them. Uh, 80s and what was the one after? The 90s. Uh, 90s. 90s, yeah. Yeah, 80s, 90s, 2000s. (laughs) Those were good. I thought those were really good. Those were good. Yeah. Uh, Best Night, I thought the 90s. I think I'd relate more to the 90s. The 80s was good. I think I relate more to the 90s. I liked all of them, but... I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed... The 2000s and 2010s. You know, because 2000s, I mean, I like 2000s because, of course, you've got um, new maps, you've got Process of Belief, you've got Empire. So I knew I was going to enjoy that one. But I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And then the 2010s, I really didn't listen to Descent of Man. I really didn't listen to True North. But then, uh, what is this? Age of Unreason. What's the last one Age of Unreason. Age of Unreason. Yeah, it it just it hit better than I thought it was. I'm like, oh, that was really good. I think I like '90s more. Yeah, '90s was probably the best night. Um, I like the '90s night. Just from what I like, even with uh, even with some of the stuff from like No Substance and things like that that I was so so about. I I'm using a wrestling term. I marked out more for the gray race stuff than I thought I would. <laughs> That's a hard sell, but okay. Because punk rock, <laughs> punk rock song, man, you, you could never go wrong with punk rock song. I think I only know punk rock song because it's on every like compilation or playlist of Bad Religion. The punk rock song is on. Or I'm going for a walk. That one, too. Uh, and 10 and 2010 is a great yeah. song from that album, too. That's okay. That's okay. That's an outdated song, then. So Bad Religion just released a, a, a new single. It's actually a um, it's an outtake from Age of Unreason. Um, I still haven't listened to that I'm yet. Trying to... It's called Emancipation it's, uh, of the Mind. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, it comes off the it comes off the Age of Unreason era, so it's got that sound. But it's a it's a good song. You should, you should check it out. It came with the inauguration, so was it more hopeful? Is it just um, it has to do with like, like learning not how to. What did they say? Not learning how, learning how to think, and not being told what to think is the theme of the song. Gotcha. So it's there. But speaking of inauguration um, and the change of, of over, The Descendants released a song as well. Um, and that song is completely about the outgoing president. 100% about the outgoing president. And true to Descendants form, early Descendants form, uh, it's only about 40 seconds long. <laughs> I mean, it's longer than It's longer than all. No, all. But uh, it's only about 40 seconds long. So the song is called... So it's longer than Coffee Mug. Yeah. Yeah. The song is called uh, That's the Breaks. And the first line is, you asshole Twitter troll. Go home. That <laughs> That's the first line of the song. I can read you the entire lyrics, and I think I will, because it's funny. 
You asshole Twitter troll, go home. Asshole Twitter troll, go fucking twit. We are not impressed with you, fucking twit. Claw back in your hole of hate, your hole of hate, you asshole Twitter troll. Those are the lyrics. Caught in a bald, bald face lie again, fucking twit. Small mind, small hands, small everything, small everything. You asshole Twitter troll, go home. There's the lyrics. About 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. Thought it was pretty funny. Did you give that? I dropped that, that into the chat. Did you guys not listen to that? I dropped that into the chat like last week. I keep saying I'm going to, I'm going to, and I just don't. Yeah, same. In morning music, because I know we get to the It's funny because I'll see something. I'll see something up at work and I'll say, I'll get it later. I'll get it later. And when I finally do, it's gone. <laughs> oh, Homer's and Mr. T. So hit or miss with, no. with this band because of the way they changed so much. But AFI also released two sing, a single, two different songs. Um, they were pretty decent. So the first one was completely, that sounds like it. I think it was written the same time as the Blood album because it really had that, that kind of vibe of uh, the Blood album. That's what I thought anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the backside, what's the backside called? I don't remember off the top of my head. Twi- I don't know, but I like Twisted the backside Trun- a little bit oh, more. Escape from Los Angeles. Um, was the other one. That was a good song, man. I like that, that one. That had a, like a, a more of a dream car feel, I think. If you listen to Dream Car, it had a more of a dark wave kind of a feel to that it song. Was, it was, they, they were very post-punk, 80s, 80s type vibe to them. Yeah. So coming from a band that, that never makes the same album twice, AFI never makes the same album twice. Um, it was different. It was, it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I'm going to see. We ordered the vinyl. What's that? We ordered the vinyl. Oh, yeah, I need to do that, actually. I should do that um, before it sells out. I probably already did. Um, I thought it was good. Wait to see what else that they have. I, I'm uh, Davey's look is creepy, though. Have you seen his look? Yeah. He covered all of his tattoos, huh? He covered all... Well, not all of them. He covered his back stuff. He covered all the <clears> stuff <throat> on his sleeve. He had... Um, it was Nightmare Before Christmas tattoos up and down on yeah. both sleeves. That's all blacked out. Yeah, and, uh, he doesn't talk about it. I, he did one interview with about it, and I think it was with Mick Mars from Motley Crue. It was what? He did an interview with I think Mick Mars from Motley Crue, and that was the only person uh-huh. he actually answered that question to. And he actually said, "You know what? I don't normally answer this question, but because you are who you are, I'm going to answer that." And he, all he basically said was, "It's not who I am anymore. It's not uh, who I am anymore, yeah. and I don't relate to that anymore. So I chose to get it covered up." Um, but in the promo photo for this stuff, and I've seen this. He ha- he fully has a mullet. He has a mullet. Yeah, I've seen what? photos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's it's a hairstyle that's in right that right now even on Twitter uh, even before like even before the pandemic and everything uh people were coming in getting these kinds. But he's he starts a lot of that. So I guarantee you he was early to that. And as oh, soon as yeah. he feels like it's overrated, he'll move on to something else cuz that's what he does. But he also has on like goth chunkless <laughs> what? Okay, you gotta send me a picture of this. <clears throat> hey man, Dark Martin just makes sandals. It's weird, man. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, he is his own thing. He's always been his own person. That's totally fine. But uh, you look at those and you're like, those are goth chunkless. I don't even know what else to say. But okay, and there it is. It's good. It's different. It's not your traditional punk. It's definitely kind of a post-punk dark wave. Uh, kind of a thing going on. Um, I know with a lot of punk people, AFI is not really the business, and obviously they don't care. <laughs> they don't care because they're still going to make their money and uh, do their art. So I don't think they really care at all. There you go. You see his goth chunkless? Trying to figure out if they're Doc Martin once or not. I don't know. I can't tell. 
I know what they're not. They're not leather. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're vegan. Yeah. No effects. So you're talking about that video with the Avenged Sevenfold? Is that what this is? Yeah, they put out a second one today, too. Oh, they put out a second one? I haven't seen that. With with everybody they missed in the first video. Oh, for, you mean, okay, so it's a, it's a tribute to bands that have played Linoleum, right? It, it's, it's a tribute, but in the same way, it's kind of questioning why people love this song so much. So if if you listen to the lyrics or if you uh, you read what's actually going on in the song and what Fat Mike said about it, yeah, the band is the the videos are tributes to all these people that have played it. He said he went down a rabbit hole one night and found all these videos of people covering it, and he starts questioning why. Why why do people worship the song? He goes, it doesn't even have a chorus. No, it's weird, but it's a I don't know. I, it's a, it's a fantastic lie. song. It's a fun song. Yeah. It's a really fun song. So they've kind of like, they won't play it anymore. Really? And that's one of those things that I've heard that before and I don't know how, how true it is, but they've kind of like, they like, they won't play it. And I haven't seen no effects in long enough to be able to tell you if that's true or not. But so this song is literally saying that it's like, why do people like this song? You know, it's it's a trip, and the, and I can pull up the lyrics for it too. But the video is fun because it is all these different bands that have uh, covered the covered the song in uh, some fashion or other. And there were no name, like it, it was said, no name stuff. Like a person said, with a ukulele playing it. Yeah, that was what's his name, Hero. That. Uh... Ukulele hero or what's his what's his name? You don't talk about. I don't know. I guess I don't know who I'm talking but about. But everybody's covered as something. So the lyrics are intellectual property never meant anything to me. So I'm not crazy for trying to pimp out a classic song at 25 years old. It's the humane thing to do, even though you know you think it's wrong. But after 700 covers and 1800 shows, and because it's a song that Colombians love to hum, we vote to pull the plug and euthanize linoleum. I think I was born in this world to piss people off, so I'm doing what no smart band would ever do. I'm taking one of our well-known, our one well-known song and trying to make it not very good. So that's just the first half, and it's it's a little bit of a longer song, but he talks about still being on the kitchen floor, and how his daughter realizes all the crap he's into now and thinks he's weird. Yeah, I did catch that towards the end. Yeah, because at yeah. the end it ends with like I that I drink pee or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And Mike's a weird dude. Because she read his book. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm my, in my life where I don't know whether I, – I like no effects and I can't stand Fat Mike. He's an interesting fellow. I'm at that point. He's, yeah. He's an interesting fellow. He's he's – ever since he, he talked crap on like the Highway 91 Festival and, and picked on, on uh, Muslims for that, I'm like, no, I'm done. I, I can't handle him. But at the same time – you know, I do, I do like no effects, and I, it's kind of one of those love-hate relationships, and it kind of ties into what what else we were talking about with uh, someone like Phil Spector. Yeah. Phil Spector's music is fantastic, but I can't stand the guy. He was a genius in what he's he an did. Asshole, I mean, and I've always said he's a tortured. I mean, it's truly what you call a tortured artist. I mean, there's stories of him kicking Ike Turner out of the of the um, studio. He's all like, no, no, no. You're not in control here. I'm in control. Get the fuck out of here. And he pulled a gun on him. He's pulled a gun on the Ramones. 
I heard rumors that Didi didn't even record bass on that album because he said, I'm getting the fuck out of here because this guy's fucking crazy. Um, he beat the shit out of Ronnie Spector uh, from the Ronettes. I mean, um, the Beatles had a release, Let It Be Naked, where they remove all of uh, Phil Spector's producing to make it more of what their original sound was. Uh, um, because they just didn't like the way it came out. It wasn't what they did. Mm-hmm. But he in, he did a lot of innovations. Um, a lot of like the stuff that you hear in the 60s from the girl groups to like the Beach, uh, the Beach Boys uh, pet sounds where you have like whole orchestras, what they call a wild sound, where you have an acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and another electric guitar playing the same piece of music to make it sound like one instrument. So he was innovative. He did a lot of cool stuff, but he's just like a, a rotten human being. And he did kill that girl. I mean, and he was convicted of it, and he died in prison. But he's still one of my favorite producers. I appreciate his work. I don't appreciate the man. There was some, and I haven't read them, but there were some articles I saw floating around about after he died that were talking about separating the artist from um, their art, and uh, that's it's it's a lot. It's a it's a lot to do. It, it can be hard sometimes to separate the artist from their art. Say so like this is a really cool piece of, and that's anything. That's any kind of art. That could be a book, you know, because uh, what's her name? The Harry Potter chick gets uh, a lot of shit. For the stuff that you know, she tweets out and stuff like that. But it was like right. Harry Potter is insanely popular, like so. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I I can't tell you that I'm necessarily a fan of Phil Spector. I mean, not really. So the Ronettes. I mean, all that, all that. Those are all classic Christmas songs, by the way. That album he put out. Yeah, yeah the what's that called? Phil Spector's Gift to You or some shit like that. It's a Christmas gift to you from Phil Spector. Yeah, or something like that. that's freaking classic. You know, dude, I want that vinyl. That thing is expensive as hell. <laughs> yeah, that that that's classic. But, yeah, I have no, I have no love for the man, like at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See oh. in hell. What is ZMF Doom? So, ZMF uh, Doom. So MF Doom was a hip hop artist. Um, he was a big in the early two thousands. He was known for um, MF Doom said for a metal face Doom. He wore the Doctor Doom style. Oh, mask. that dude. Okay. And I remember me and my friend. Um, yeah, uh, me and my friend were commenting on it like when the Fantastic Four movie came out. I was like, did you see how the first Fantastic Four, not uh, the Roger Corman one, but the uh, the big production one, were saying like, did you see how shitty um, Doctor Doom looked? He goes, MF Doom has a better mask. Uh, I think you've told me now, that. Now uh, his real name was uh, Daniel Demel, and uh, he was forty nine years old. Uh, he was 49 years old. He actually died on Halloween of 2020, and it wasn't announced until uh, the 30 uh, uh, December 31st. Um, he's probably one of my top three MCs, along with uh, the RZA from um, the Wu Tang Clan and um, KRS One. I mean, these guys could just. Flow. I mean, in one year, uh, MF Doom had released like five or six albums, which is like almost unheard of by anybody to do. So. Uh, Put he could freestyle about anything. Um, his big commercial album was when he did an album with Danger Mouse, uh, who was well known for mixing the um, the White Album from the Beatles and the Black Album from Jay Z and called it the Gray Album. So they did one called uh, Danger Mouse, which was a lot of songs having to do with Adult Swim uh, Cartoon Network. It was a good album. I thought if it wasn't like a, uh, a themed 
album would have been off, where they're just allowed to go off and do whatever they wanted to. Still a fantastic album, and that's probably the ones that most anybody would hear of. But like, definitely, if you never heard of them before, check out MF Doom. Uh, Mad Villainry is like fantastic. He did it with Mad Lib. One of like, like I said, one of my top three MCs of all time. Uh, respect. Hey, should we uh, move on here? We, you know, including including some of these other. Uh, these passings, we've had a couple of hard hit sports ones too. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Just, let's let's as, hit those in the baseball fans. Let's man. hit that up and then wrap it up. As baseball fans, man, uh, just within the past about week here, we've lost Tommy Lasorda, um, Don Sutton, and just as we're as we're recording this today, Hank Aaron. Oh, uh, really? X I sent. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, we lost Hank Aaron today. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, Har- yeah Hank, Hank Aaron. What the hell? Yeah. Yep. I just sent uh, this afternoon, I sent a, a video to X of uh, Vince Scully. He was announcing when Hank Aaron hit that the, the record breaking home mm-hmm. run. So that was uh, that was it was about five minutes worth of, of video. It was such a cool, such a cool video to, to listen to of, uh, of Vin going on about how here he is, you know, a black man in the deep south being cheered. So what does that just tell you about the climate? You know, yeah. And, and talking about the differences between him and, and Babe Ruth. And he was even saying, you know, uh, this is a guy who's who's worked hard. He's been silent. He's been humble, you know, about this, whereas as Babe Ruth wasn't. No. You know, he was very, very animated, and, you know, he, he loved life. And as, as he got older and he got bulkier, he even says that's why they put pinstripes on Yankee uniforms is because it made him look slimmer. <laughs> you know, but, but not, not Hank Aaron, you know, he was – you can tell Vin Vin was really really proud of this moment. So, you know, it was, it was beautiful. Um, Hank Aaron, if I remember correctly, was the last active baseball player that played for the Negro Leagues. Like after the, I, I, shortly after um, Hank Aaron made it to the major leagues, um, nobody else was coming through or had a, a long career that played that went to the major leagues. And shortly after. The Negro Leagues were dissolved because there was no longer a need for them. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, people were saying the Negro Leagues had some of the better talent than the, the Major Leagues, but they just couldn't play in the Major Leagues until Jackie Robinson. But, yeah, uh, definitely heartbreaking for all of them. Uh, for me, Tommy Lasorda, like in our household and just in our family, was like God almost. I mean, like uh, uh, he coached the Dodgers to two World Series in um, 81 and 88, we all were together. I mean, our family was together in 1988 when we saw Kirk Gibson hit that home run. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Tommy a couple times at Dodger Stadium. Uh, one time he was just at Santa Claus, and I got a picture of me and Tommy Lasorda just at Santa Claus, and I usually post it up uh, during Christmas. Uh, I just didn't do it this year. I just, you know, I said, like, uh, I got to change things up. I just can't do doing the same things over and over again. Like, you know me, I, there's like every once in a while, like when I have so many stories that I've told so many times, I retire those stories because like they're not new anymore. Everybody's heard them. So that's one of those things like I'm not going to retire it for good, but it's like this year I'm going to, it's not the, I'm, I'm going to start a new tradition. Like I want to do something differently. So that's why I didn't put those stuff this year. Maybe this year, since he passed away, I will put it up. But yeah, um, he killed the Dodgers. He had a fucking potty mouth, and if you ever want to listen to him, ran on Dave Kingman or and tell him uh, that story. But yeah, uh, good manager, 
he didn't have the best record, but him and Vince Scola like are like what you consider like the heart of the Dodgers. Like yeah, they're the ones like players come and go, but Vince Scola and Tommy Lasorda you always think of as Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda is the one who coined the phrase "I bleed Dodger blue," mm-hmm. or someday I'll make it to that big Dodger in the sky. Yeah. Now he is the big Dodger in the sky. Yeah. That's what he said. Uh, yeah. You couldn't have said it better. I mean, his his numbers have been retired for as long as I can remember as as a Dodger. You know, even going back to pitching days for them. So just, just the staple in the institution as a player, as a manager, and as an ambassador for baseball. You know, I, I can't think of anybody who doesn't love and appreciate Tommy Lasorda. Whether you're a Dodger fan or not, there was something about him that was just magnetic. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun to see him and his love for, for the game, love for the Dodgers. Doesn't matter what it was. And then uh, Don Sutton was on the 81 team, wasn't he? No, he played uh, on the 77 team. Um, against the Yankees, which I probably think the 77 team was probably better than the 81 team, but they didn't win the World Series that year. And Don Sutton went a long way, too. He was he was a Dodger. He he played for the Angels as well. He played for um, the Braves, too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then he ended up working in the office for the Braves, and I want to say Washington as well. Um. But again, another one of those career players, one of those people who who transitioned it into into the other half of it, being management, being those things. Uh, another great player. That's one of those things. I have a cabbage patch signed by him. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. You guys got to meet uh, Don Sutton when he was with the Angels, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's uh, He he didn't play for the Braves. He played for the Brewers. Bruce. Yeah. Milwaukee. I know he ended, I thought he ended up working for Atlanta though. Maybe he worked for him, but he didn't play for him. I think it was a color commentator or something oh, like that. Oh, that sounds a little bit more familiar. I'll look that up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. Three three baseball greats among just a, a million other things going on, you know. Yeah, it was the Braves. He was a broadcaster oh. for the Braves. There you go. Well, I don't want to end on a downer. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, speaking, speaking of old man, man, let's, let's just throw it in there real quick. Sting is an AEW and he's scheduled uh, to wrestle at this point. Yeah. So he's finally, he's finally getting it in. Huh? Hold on. Can we say wrestle with Wait. some quotation marks? Yeah, that, that was what I was going to say. No um, no, what they're <laughs> saying is more than likely it's going to be a cinematic match. Okay. Oh, okay. Because because he said he was he was up for cinematic matches. I don't think he's going to take anything serious. That way they can edit it, make it look like he's taking more things that are worse than he is, and and doing that and make him look tough. And he'll just use a baseball bat the entire time anyway. <laughs> uh, side note, uh, sorry, real fast. Uh, the on Undertaker's uh, podcast with Joe Rogan, he talks about the cinematic one. Sorry, that was all. Yeah. You know, but but he's 62. He doesn't need to be doing anything crazy. He's 62. He's 62. 
He's in good shape. He's in better shape than he was so, in TNA. Better why? shape than all of us. Yeah. Yes. What What is he doing? He's He's getting He's getting Darby Allen over. He's making Darby Allen uh, more into like a crow type, crow sting type character. He was never happy with his WWE run. It was shit. No, and this it was complete. This lets him end on a. It was complete too. garbage. So he doesn't owe anything to Vince. He had he busted the records for number the most shirts sold in 24 hours on pro wrestling tees with his AEW shirt, the thing on it. He's I don't want to tell you he's completely getting a payday because I'm sure he's getting paid pretty well out of this, but he's trying to go out on a higher note than he did with WWE because that just sucked. The the Sting Taker thing is never going to happen. Uh, he wants it to. It's never going to happen. Like it's just not. So and I don't think it, I don't think it should because I don't think it would live up to the hype of those of those two guys. It, it, you, you can't. They're they're too banged up yeah. to make that anything. I don't want to see that, and I don't. I never want to see Hogan and and Austin. I never want to see either one of those two matches. <laughs> not in their prime. If they're not in their prime, it's not going to no. be any good. I don't think host Hogan Austin would be any good anyway, and I don't think that would be a good match at all. Austin's flat out said he's not wrestling again. But Austin has also said he's been asked about the Hulk Hogan thing, and he's like, "Would you just like no?" He's like, "I don't think our I don't think our styles would mesh. I don't think it. Yeah. I got nothing against Hogan, but I don't think our styles would go well, and I just don't think it would be a good match. Uh, match." It would have to be hokey. I agree. You'd have to go back to his early career as studying Steve Austin for it to be, <laughs> well, be a decent match. Can you slap a wig on him? <laughs> if they had done it, it needed to be when Austin was in his prime um, because it would have got over as the spectacle of the match. Because if you watch both the Hogan-Rock match and the Hogan-Michaels match, um, they're hokey. They're hokey. And both Michaels and the Rock oversell. That's their character, though. They can get away with that. If you go back and watch the Hogan and Michaels match, freaking yeah. he gets a big boot and he flops, flips and flops all over the place like a freaking fish. He did it on purpose. Like that was, and then The Rock's character would be the same thing. That's not Austin's character. Austin's character wouldn't do that, and he'd be very adamant. My character wouldn't do that. So it's not going to end up being a very good, being a very good match. I'd never want to see that match. Um, I'll watch the Sting stuff because Sting's Sting is a character. He can pull that off. He can pull that off as a character. Because he hasn't really said anything anyway. <laughs> Not really. Mm. Like in the whole time. And I haven't watched this one from this last week. I haven't watched it yet. But um, he could get over as a character and get Darby Allen over like he needs to be. So that, that'll be fun. It's just it's just like it was in WCW. It's, it's making things even. It's giving a fair fight. That's all he's doing in, in AEW. It gives him a chance to be on TV. He's a draw. People are going to watch for Sting. And uh, and Darby Allen does kind of have that, that crow Sting vibe. And they're, they're playing that up now as he sits at the top of the arena, you know, staring on instead of the rafters, but close he's enough. And he's yeah. got the, the face paint. And, you know, he's, he's limited. He's limited in the amount of talking he does other than a couple of promos where he'll do something more and it's more cinematic again. So it, it fits, and I think a cinematic match with Sting and Darby Allen against Brian Cage and Ricky Stark, it fits. It'll it'll definitely be worth watching, and you'll see Sting kick ass. He'll look good. He'll look good. All right. Anything else that we want to talk about before we take this bad boy home? No. No. No, I'm good. 
Anything coming up we should be interested in? Uh, what is this Bash at the Beach? Are they doing a Bash at the Beach for AEW? Have you guys heard anything about this? It's it's the next themed event. They try to do they try to do a big a big week a month because they don't want to do more pay per views. Oh, so they're just one once a month. They're just gonna throw one of these themes into the. They throw they throw a dynamite. bigger theme, a bigger themed week dynamite. Usually the world titles on the line or a, a bigger titles on or the line. Or all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I said I didn't want to end okay. this on a downer, and I, I won't end it on a downer because of the turn this is gonna take. But we never said anything about Brody Lee. No, we didn't. So uh, for just a second, and, and this isn't a downer. I'm not gonna get into all that. Um, but. Brody Lee was very interesting to me in the fact that um, I'm going to be honest with you, I never paid too much attention to him. I never did either. I did, but I didn't. Like, I never paid too much attention to him. Like, he was just like, I think it was, it wasn't him. I I knew he could work, but the the stuff that, the gimmicks he was given and stuff were just like, ah, whatever. And then I think, Rick, maybe you can back me up on this one. He went and worked a match at NXT as um, Luke Harper. And that was the first match that I saw when he went down to NXT and wrestled the match that I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, this guy, like, where has this been? This guy can work a match. Like, it wasn't the typical big man stuff. Like, he worked in it. Like, he actually had a wrestling match that was, like, really good. And I was like, yeah. oh, damn. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't get that play very no. often in WWE. You know, when he did some of the solo work, when he was doing some of that, he got it. But they played him off as as the big man, as the enforcer, because he was with Bray Wyatt. He was the Bludgeon Brother, this and that. They they played into that a lot, and you didn't get to see that side. And the way people talk about him, they talk about him being this brilliant mind for the business, this humble, this funny guy who in a lot of ways mirrored Owen Hart in the he loved his family more than almost as much as more than the sport. But the sport was pretty darn close. But it, it, he was always talking about his family, and that's what a lot of people remember is as talking about his kids. They were the ones, you know, he he would talk about about kids with with the other wrestlers and and the families and those pieces, not just the business. But the, he they had he had a good mind for the business, and I think the the uplifting part of this is how well they're treating his family right now. You know, you don't we haven't heard about that a lot. You know, yeah, Vicky Regro got treated okay. But she eventually kind of – they kind of lost interest in her, and um, the hearts never got treated well after that. But uh, that's that's chronicled. But That's um, kind of his wife's thing too. Like yeah, she had, a, she had yeah. a piece into that. Oh, of course. But but the Huber family is the opposite, man. They're, they're, treating, they're treating them so well, and that's because his son was so into it. They say, you know, he, his son – He's eight years old, nine years old now, I think. But um, he wouldn't want to leave the tapings. They'd be there till two, three o'clock in the morning, because he he did, couldn't leave. He was obsessed with what was going on, and giving him that character right now—that's the uplifting part of the story. Is you know he's become a member a member of the AEW family. He's a member of the Dark Order. He's negative one, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is fun. But they can, they can, and I hope they do it sparingly, not not to not to overuse it. But yeah, he's gonna. That's gonna be memorable, and that's gonna be something that comes up later in life. Like, he signed to a contract. I already. really wish. Yeah, he he, is, he has a contract when he turns eighteen. Was, yeah, and they're still using it yeah. now. That's what's cool. You know, they they stopped everything, they dropped everything, and they they built a card around around him 
for a week. And they had this last week, they had the celebration and you got to watch that, Dan, they had the birthday celebration for him. And he got to do the, uh, he got to, uh, Singapore cane at somebody again. Then he yeah. smacked somebody with the papers and <laughs> all, all those Brody Lee gimmicks. It was fun. I think the thing that, that gets to me the most is, and again, I told you, I didn't pay much attention to him when he was there, but then I realized he could work and I started to pay more, but I can't even tell you I was a fan necessarily, or just like, just one of those guys like, Oh, this guy can work, dude. He's good. Then when he came to yeah. AEW, like that fit in more, and you got to see like, okay, this guy, okay, yeah, 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 he's okay, he's fitting into this role really, really well and doing this. Um, but when he um, passed, just to see how torn up everybody was, all across the in, all across the community uh, of wrestling from any organization, no one had anything bad to say about him, and that's rare. That's that's rare that you see mm-hmm. that. There's this complete outpouring of love and. Just all these, you, you could go after that days after that and just see all these people would post pictures or tell a story like, then we were here doing this. And we were like, he was a clown. He was a sarcastic, quick witted clown backstage that everybody just loved. Like they loved the man. And then, you know, to, to him with his family, like Rick was talking about. And that's, I think, the thing that got to me. Was just like, I didn't know that you didn't know this about this guy. This is, this is stuff you don't see. You know what I mean? You don't see that behind the the scene stuff. Then, like, I it was Big E, I think, on on Twitter. I mean, a whole day of tweets of just memories of him. And he, in one of them, it said, "I have never cried with so many grown men in my life as I did when we found out about Brody." Which that says something to you, because you know he's this big tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I cried with so many grown men, and I was like, "Dang, that that's cool to know that somebody." And I think I'll leave it at that, unless you want to add anything, but that somebody could care so much about somebody that the whole community just gets together and says, we have to honor this man and do this. That, that to me was pretty cool that they would even think of that. So that's what I think. Uh, anyway, but yeah, props to props to the man. Um, looking back now, you're like, okay, I should probably watch some of his other stuff to see what, what he's got going on and what it was. Maybe. Well, I don't know. That's a dark side of the ring, but hopefully we see something. Some kind of documentary or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody pieces together something. They get a closer look at who the guy was behind the scene. It's kind of a feel-good thing. That would be kind of cool. So. Oh, did you see uh, Chris Canyon's coming out? Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah. That'll be a cool one. Chris Canyon? Chris Canyon. That. Who's better than Canyon? Yeah. Hey, that's, that's you know, that's Cage's, like, mentor. Yeah. Oh, really? That's Cage's mentor. Yeah. Cage's oh. one of Cage's catchphrases is "Who better than Cage," and that's because yep. Chris Canyon was his mentor. He even he even I, mean, I don't um, know talking about it. He passed on the Mortis character to Cage. Yeah, didn't did he dress up as Mortis one time or something? He's done it a few yeah. times. Yeah. <coughs> we'll talk about it when we see the um. I said we'll talk about it when we see the darkest side of the ring on Canyon, but uh, Raven and uh, Bandy, uh, the Sinister Minister, they love that guy. They like they loved them. He was like a brother to them. I mean, like they were saying, like uh, when uh, uh, the Sinister Minister of Enderbreed, he was saying like goes, yeah, I wanted to get into like some like karaoke singing or singing in bars and stuff like that. He's the one to pay for all my equipment. Uh, Canyon, that is. So we'll yeah. talk about more as we uh when that episode comes out but i just want to throw that out there yeah he right. up the bucks too we'll talk about that later all right let's do it rick you got it wrap it up hey thanks for listening um 
We're always looking for, for submissions. If you are an artist or you have a band and you want us to play your music, if you have a short film to review, any uh, writing or poetry, you are always welcome to send it to us. You can email us at exocast at yahoo.com. We're on Instagram as exoculture. We're on Facebook as exocult. Twitter as exocultcast. And TikTok as exocast. Extraordinary Culture Podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Automatic, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and of course YouTube. You can even ask your smartphone device to play the Extraordinary Culture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah.